Throughout this episode, you'll hear occasional dynamically placed advertisements as well as host-read ads by me promoting the work of my sponsors, similar to what you'd experience when you're binging your favorite YouTube content. If you find the ads disruptive, consider joining my community on Patreon. Premium submarines receive full-length ad-free episodes, hundreds of hours of bonus content, and the ability to connect and chat with other listeners. To learn more, visit patreon.com slash backfromtheborderline. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello, good morning, Molly. Um, I'm Amelia, your premium submarine mate from the UK. I commented on your dream work post the other night, to which you replied, girl, um, about smoking too much weed to remember your dreams. Um, so I just wanted to send you a voice note because after I read your comment, I went to sleep with the dream incubation techniques in mind. And I had a dream that I was a little glass angel who shattered into a million little pieces. And then after that bit, I had a flashback to my former child sexual abuse. So I've been watching and uh, sorry, listening to enough this Jungian Live podcast to kind of surmise my own interpretations of this dream, to be honest. Um, I've got a feeling that my subconscious is trying to tell me that the reason why I smoke so much weed is because I haven't worked through my trauma I also find it pretty hilarious that I've been learning about recovery and all this stuff for like the past year now following your content and yeah I still haven't touched my trauma (laughs) so I'm just I guess I'm just trying to find out a way to um start to process that but just wanted to say thank you so much for all your resources if it wasn't for you I wouldn't have found this Jungian life, dream interpretation, stuff like this. Uh, My mum's getting me the book of symbols for my birthday soon, which is awesome. (laughs) But yeah, thank you, dude. Appreciate. Welcome to Back from the Borderline. I'm your host, Molly, and I don't want to talk to your personality. I want to talk to your soul. The idea of alchemy is to reduce something with fire, burning it down so that something new can rise from the ashes. You can do this with your personality too. You can perform emotional alchemy. You've always had the power. 
you just didn't know it. And now you do. On this podcast, you'll learn to view your symptoms as saviors, as alerts from your body, mind, and spirit that want to let you know when you're out of alignment with the deepest yearnings of your soul. From chaos comes clarity. Through working with and integrating the concepts we'll explore together, you'll emerge transformed, standing in the ashes of the person you used to be. Thank you so, so much, Amelia, for that absolutely fantastic voicemail. It made me chuckle. And I also was like smashing the hard relate button because same, you know, you were just saying you've been listening to my podcast for so long and then you still haven't touched your trauma. I think that's such a relatable statement and I'm sure many listeners out there, you can relate to Amelia as well. For me, I hit a point in my recovery journey where I realized that I was so much up in my head and I was intellectualizing this path. And so I was listening to all the podcasts, reading all the books, And then I realized that I hadn't really sat down and felt things. And I was absolutely numbing those feelings with my substance of choice, which is legal medical marijuana. And I don't smoke marijuana. I used to when I lived in California, but now the state I live in, you can get a medical card and that's what I have. And the only thing available now is tincture. So I would use some of this oil-based tincture, put it in some tea. And it's not like I'm stoned all the time, but I'm not a big drinker anymore. So my thing would be having a cup of tea in the nighttime, you know, with a little bit of weed tincture in it. And I realized that I was relying on that way too much. When I started feeling anxious, I would just have a bit of tincture. And you got to be careful with stuff like that. Even when things are legal, you know, it's really good to be in tune with yourself. There's nothing wrong with some substances here and there when we are taking a balanced and integrated approach. But you know, if you sit with yourself, and you feel like you are using it as a coping mechanism or a way to numb your feelings, you know it. And Amelia, it sounds like you know it. So good for you for recognizing that. And another thing about weed, and I spoke about this on a premium episode of the podcast, the preview of which was available for the public feed listeners. It was my very first dream interpretation episode that I did. And I talked about weed and its negative impacts on dream recall. So if you're really trying to develop a relationship with your psyche, your subconscious mind, and working on creating a dream incubation ritual and really trying to process the symbols of your dreams, excessive use of marijuana or alcohol can really impact your ability to remember your dreams. So that's something to keep in mind. I love that your mom is going to be giving you the book of symbols. What an absolutely incredible book. Highly recommend anybody check that out. It's actually included on my Amazon reading list that you can check out at backfromtheborderline.com. And this Jungian Life is my favorite podcast. It's your podcaster's favorite podcast. I love that podcast. I've been a long-term fan. And for those of you who aren't aware, this Jungian Life is three different Jungian analysts. So essentially they're three therapists who do their work through the lens of Carl Jung's 
work, <laughs> to put it succinctly. And their podcast has really blown up in the last year. They were in the New York Times, but I have to say I've been listening since it was a deep cut <laughs> and I highly recommend it. It's great. They're three friends, so they have amazing chemistry and they discuss tons of different topics, very existential. If you love Back from the Borderline, you'll love this Jungian life and they explore all these very relatable concepts through the lens of Jungian depth psychology, mythology, and you'll love it. And at the end of each episode, they interpret, analyze, explore one of their listeners' dreams. So you have the ability to submit your dreams into the podcast. And they sort of inspired me to start doing that on my own podcast. And it's a great way for me to practice because I have been taking the dream tending certification course from Dr. Steven Eisenstadt, who is the founder of the Pacifica Graduate Institute, as well as the founder of dream tending. He wrote an amazing book and he was also on the Back from the Borderline podcast a while back. So if you'd like to check that episode out, you can do that by just scrolling back in the feed a bit. So thank you, Amelia, for your voicemail. I loved hearing this. Very excited for you about this journey. And if you would like to share a voicemail with me about the podcast and how it's impacted your life, I'd love to hear from you. All you need to do is visit backfromtheborderline.com and you can click the button that allows you to leave me a voicemail. I thought Amelia's voicemail was a great thing to start this particular episode off with because she dives into these esoteric topics, exploring dreams and dream symbols, and it tees us up perfectly for my conversation with our very special guest today, Christian Bradley West. So a little bit of a personal anecdote about why I wanted to speak to Christian was because I have been following Christian on Instagram since well before I even started this podcast. He is an OG in the land of spiritual and esoteric meme accounts on the Instagram platform. He's been doing it for a really long time. Many pages have copied and pasted his memes and gained inspiration from him. And he's just like one of the OGs in the space. I don't know how else to put it. And so I've been following him for forever. And when I started my page, especially when I moved towards sharing more spiritual, esoteric type memes, he and I followed each other, started talking back and forth. And eventually I asked him if he would be a guest. And here we are. I finally got to sit down with him. So the conversation you're going to hear between us is the first time that we've met in person, but we've been kicking a bit back and forth on Instagram for a while now, but it's pretty special. I love when my listeners get this chance to just have a sit down with someone who I really gel with. And it's just like listening to two friends talking. That's why I didn't edit this conversation whatsoever. I just left it as is. And I'm hoping it's going to give you that really cozy feeling of just sitting down with two people that are on a journey of self-discovery. So Christian is not just a memer. He's so much more than that. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Christian Bradley West is a multifaceted individual whose journey through life has been nothing short of transformative alchemy. 
Born in Richmond, Virginia in 1978, he has charted a path that defies conventional categorization, driven by an insatiable curiosity and relentless pursuit of creative expression. Educated in exercise science at Kennesaw State University, Christian's professional life began in the realms of physical well-being and nutrition. However, his true calling lay in the more abstract and intuitive realms of art and spirituality. And over the years, he's worn many hats, from an exercise scientist, a personal trainer, to a teacher of children on the spectrum. His artistic endeavors have been diverse and expansive, encompassing photography, porcelain sculpture, textile design, and writing. His work as a fine artist is well-recognized, featuring in numerous exhibitions from Houston to New York to London, and he's been featured in prestigious publications like New American Paintings and Interior Design Magazine. Christian's artistic journey is deeply intertwined with his personal one. His artistry is a direct reflection of his life experiences, a canvas where he has painted his struggles with childhood trauma, PTSD, depression, anxiety, and his empathic nature. He's harnessed these experiences, transforming them into wildflowers of wisdom and insight. His approach to art and life is underpinned by a spiritual practice that focuses on meditation, presence, and purposeful living. This rich tapestry of experiences and self-realizations has culminated in his current role as an intuitive luminary or alchemist, as he sometimes refers to himself. Christian is a psychic medium and trained Reiki healer, utilizing his intuitive abilities and knowledge and energy work to guide others. His sessions are a blend of diverse skills and experiences where he employs tools like numerology, astrology, and tarot cards to facilitate transformative awareness. Christian's approach to client sessions is deeply personal and tailored. He believes in the uniqueness of every individual, likening each person to a multifaceted crystal. His goal is to provide a safe space for exploration and growth, helping his clients rewrite the unconscious scripts that dictate their lives, replacing them with narratives of consciousness, acceptance, and grace. His services, which include conscious coupling, scanning the stars, and others, reflect his holistic view of the human experience. They're not just about providing answers or predictions, they're about empowering individuals to create their future through wisdom and faith. His readings are unique to each person, offering a personalized journey towards greater presence, awareness, purpose, and wholeness. Christian Bradley West's story is one of continuous evolution a journey from darkness to light, from unconsciousness to awareness. Through his art, his spiritual practice, and his work with his clients, he endeavors to bring beauty to the world in a form that transcends the conventional dichotomy of beauty and ugliness. And if that is not perfectly resonant to what we do here on Back From The Borderline, I don't know what is. Christian's mission is to be a light of consciousness, helping others suffer less and embrace the full spectrum of their existence with courage and authenticity. I can't wait for you to hear our conversation. Before we dive into the heart of our discussion, I want to take a moment to recognize my podcast sponsors. Their support plays a vital role in what I do here, and it's because of them that I can continue to create and share content freely, making it accessible for listeners like you. So as we step into this short ad break, remember that these moments are more than just ads. 
they're a bridge that connects to continued free content for all my listeners. So stay with me, and right after this brief pause, we'll be jumping straight into today's episode of Back from the Borderline. Thank you for your understanding and continued support. This episode is brought to you by Jung Platform, a unique online space dedicated to exploring the depths of your unconscious mind through the lens of Carl Jung's teachings. Jung Platform's on a mission to make the transformative wisdom of Carl Jung accessible to everyone. They believe, just like I do, in the power of this knowledge to change lives, offering a wide range of courses that dive deep into topics like dream work, mythology, and the psychology of relationships. Each course on Jung Platform is taught by a highly qualified instructors who are experts in their field, who bring not just knowledge, but a passion for Jungian psychology. By engaging with these courses, you can hope to gain profound insights into your own psyche, learn the art of understanding your dreams, and embark on a journey of self-discovery and transformation. When you visit backfromtheborderline.com and click on the link for Jung Platform, you can use the code MOLLY10 at checkout to receive 10% off your first course. This code is valid for all of their courses except for their official certification programs. So don't miss this chance to explore the rich world of Carl Jung's work and wisdom. Begin your journey into the depths of your unconscious mind today. This episode is also brought to you by Pure Spectrum CBD, a company that's redefining the standards of CBD products. At Pure Spectrum, purity isn't just part of the name, it's their promise. Their products are crafted with the highest quality organically grown hemp, ensuring that you get the purest form of CBD. CBD is increasingly acknowledged for its potential mental health benefits, which may include aiding in the regulation of emotional responses, supporting trauma recovery, and contributing to the overall balance and regulation of the nervous system. These aspects can be particularly beneficial for anyone navigating the complexities of emotion dysregulation, offering a complementary approach to fostering a more centered and resilient state of mind. Whether you're new to CBD or an experienced user, Pure Spectrum has a range of products to fit your needs. If you follow the Pure Spectrum link at backfromtheborderline.com, you'll be able to lock in 15% off your first purchase on top quality CBD products. My favorite product of theirs is their Tranquil CBD CBN Tincture. I really like this because it helps me fall asleep and stay asleep when I really struggle with insomnia around the luteal phase of my menstrual cycle. But remember, just because something works for me doesn't necessarily mean it will work for you. And CBD can interact with some medications, so it's always a good idea to check with your healthcare provider before adding anything new into your routine. Don't miss this opportunity to experience the benefits of pure, high-quality CBD with Pure Spectrum. Just follow that link at backfromtheborderline.com and your discount will be waiting for you. And now that you've heard from my sponsors, you're going to hear a short ad break. 
These aren't your usual ads, they're dynamically inserted, much like those you might encounter in a YouTube video. Now I wanna be upfront with you, I do not personally select these ads. They are automatically chosen by my podcast hosting platform. And this setup is essential because it helps me keep my content free and accessible for everyone, especially those who might not have the means for a paid subscription or to be able to purchase products or services from my sponsors. To ensure a smooth and enjoyable listening experience, I've placed these ads at the beginning. This way we avoid interrupting during the episode and you can immerse yourself in the content without any breaks. Remember, you have the freedom to listen to or skip these ads as you see fit, but just by tuning in, you're supporting the show in a big way, and for that, I'm incredibly grateful. I really appreciate your patience and your understanding. Nobody loves listening to ads, but they help me keep this show running. So now you'll hear that quick ad break and we'll be right back to dive straight into the rest of today's episode of Back From The Borderline. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, and we are back. Now, without further ado, I bring you my conversation with the incredible Christian Bradley West. Hey, everyone. I'm Christian Bradley West, also known as the Country Clairvoyant on... Instagram, occasionally the cunty clairvoyant as well. <laughs> so, clairvoyant. Yeah, it's a spiritual meme account. And I I don't know, I, I guess if I were to compartmentalize myself into a space, I'd say I'm an artist first, in, you know, and in, in, in a writer, a communicator, storyteller, something like that. And then, of course, that shows up in the memes and and um, videos and things like that. So, uh, but it's hard. It's hard. I, I struggle with those like many of us, I think in this space, you feel very multidisciplinary, multidimensional, all those things. So it's, uh, yeah. So a little bit of everything. I, I, yeah. So that's, that's, that's the, the sh- very, very, very short version. Yeah, so <laughs> we can go deeper. And, and we will, we have time. Yeah. So the country clairvoyant, why did you pick that as your handle? Like what's the country part of you and what's yeah. the clairvoyant and how did that um, kind of all come together. I think that's a good place to start because obviously you picked that handle for a reason. Yeah, it was a it's a fun story. I mean, it was very intuitive. It kind of just showed up um, about six months before I started the account. It was 2017 and I got the idea and I told some friends, I was like, I think I need to be making memes. Excuse me. And 
Um, I was like, I don't know, though. Um, I had recently met a friend on there maybe about six months before that, that was like, uh, that had started making spiritual memes. And there was a small group of people that really were um, saturating the community and these memes. And the, the, uh, these three accounts were the only ones essentially that were like getting circulated. And I was like, you know what? I, I, I think, I don't know if it was conscious, actually. I think I can do this. I, I don't think that was that. And fast forward about six months later to the fall, and I did something called a soul retrieval, whatever. I went through this ceremony, um, had this dream of a past life that a friend was like, yeah, it's a past life. And two other friends said, oh, definitely. So I was like, okay, we'll follow the woo thread, which I love to do. For those who don't know, I'm a remarkable skeptic of the woo as well, which comes yeah. through, of course, in my work. So the reason why I keep doing this stuff is because there's too much woo <laughs> in my life for there not to be so something like the cosmic algorithm or whatever um keeps working uh, in my favor so i just keep kind of following the threads but so i did the woo thing and just felt intuitively like i was driving back home i was actually in virginia driving back home to atlanta and felt like there was this chanting of the country clairvoyant in my head and i was like fine when i get back i'll start it and i did and um it's been difficult, I think, to... I'm really connected to nature. So the country part of me, I always feel like I'm 50% country, 50% city, right? So there's like these two... I, I feel equally comfortable in, in both. As I have matured, I feel more comfortable in definitely nature settings. You know, I had friends when I was younger, they're like, you need to go to LA, you need to go to New York, you need to pursue your art, and these are the places to go. And I could never bring myself... Although I, I could have done it. I could have searched for a job. I could have done all those things. Um, I wanted always green around me, something. I, I couldn't do concrete jungle for very long. Even when I lived in Atlanta, technically it wasn't Atlanta. I lived out in suburbia, uh, really on the fringe, about 45 minutes outside of the city, All where every place I lived when I lived around the area. Mm. So I think that the clairvoyant part is something that's just, I say clairvoyant because it sounded better than clairsentient or, <laughs> or you know, one of the other clairs. Um, it just had more of a ring to it. And it was funny. I couldn't, I couldn't not giggle when I first heard it in my head. And I was, you know, and, and I told my friends, they're like, I don't know. Cause I was, I was, I started an, another account, which was a working title of uh, a book I had essentially written in my journals called Here on Purpose and was really going hard for like the very kind of watered down spirituality kind of thing. Um, at least at this point, it feels watered down to me. But I've always had an edge, so I felt like my edge needed to really show. And uh, my sense of humor, which has always been... Sense of humor is not something that just comes to me, right? It, I feel like it's something I have to activate, that I have to work on. <laughs> um, and to be funny, even like in my darkest of dark, I've always been like, how can I... I need to find humor in this horrific event. Um and so, which is something I feel like I've a skill that I continue to hone. So the whatever psychic nature was always there. My mom said I was new things. Um, for those who don't know, I have a I have a Pisces midheaven for astrology people. So Pisces is all things spiritual. And I have a Neptune and Sag that conjuncts my Mercury for astrology people out there. So my communication style is always kind of a little poetic, I guess, or can be, and a little um and and neptune rules pisces and it's it 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 also 
is an aspect with that midheaven. So it's just all these spiritual, I was told very early on in life by people that read my chart that like my spirituality was the key to my life and also the key to my resources as well, interestingly enough. So like, and it's funny because when I, if I've had times in my life where I've abandoned my practice, which we can talk a little bit about too, which memeing became a part of, by the way, and engaging with the spiritual community definitely became part of my spiritual practice because I'm very much so, um, for the, also for my astrology people out there, Capricorn, magic in the mundane. I mean, that's, and that's a statement that actually I started saying on Instagram and then I see it everywhere now, which I really love. It's really nice to like, you know, see people starting to engage with the concepts that I've lived with for decades now. So my spiritual practice started very young. I got very sick with Crohn's disease as a teenager. Also was confronting, you know, or being confronted with um, feelings of liking boys, <laughs> you know, so sexuality. So, and and even before that, I was very artistic. I was called sensitive constantly. I was a sensitive boy. Um, and, you know, creative um, and like you, um, constantly asking questions. And I think making the... Um, the the uh, adults, the people, the authority figures in my life, remarkably uncomfortable because those questions would challenge their authority. Whether I and and then they took it personal, whether I was attempting to challenge their authority or not. Mm -hmm. And so I got because I said so was a lot of uh. the statements as a kid. Exactly, yeah. um, like uh, you know, triple eye roll, and I'm like. That never worked for me. It still doesn't work for me. I've had I've had actually bosses and boyfriends and people in my life as an adult still try and use that on me. And I will just blatantly say at this point, because I can without getting hit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, because of the trauma that, you know, that I've had to unpack over the years. Um that um that I'll say that doesn't work. That doesn't yeah. work. Like, yeah. because and it's so liberating so. to be able to finally just say, yeah. yeah, no. Well, and I'll say the country clairvoyant has been part of that process of being able to, it's been a handful of things. So it's been about me being able to say things that I want to say that people like, oh, that's controversial, that's blasphemous, whatever. And of course, like you, like many others, I was indoctrinated through Christianity mm -hmm. and went into it willingly, by the way, because I did have this hunger for a spiritual a relationship, whatever that was, and um, or however you can still define that. I feel like it's, it remains amorphous even for me. I, I I struggle with the term spirituality as I again have matured in my practice. I like the word consciousness because even modern day psychology is paralleling and intersecting with Buddhist mindfulness practices in overcoming trauma. And and recognizing, um, you know, where we are, orienting ourselves within the moment, and and how we can, um, and and of course, uh, like Eckhart, the Eckhart Tolle's of the world, and people like that, say what you will about them, but they talk about the past a lot. And it dawned on me for years. It was like, what does that mean? I'm not living in the past. And what it meant was my brain was still on that conditional loop, right? Yeah. That I had the same learned. old stories, the same exactly. old narratives. Yeah. So, you know, I started reading these books, like a lot of the books, uh, Don Miguel The Four Agreements. Um, these things just started to find me uh, around my teen years. Um, 
went, I had a, a very good friend of the family who became a very good friend of mine, um, who was my mother's age, who essentially kind of became a mentor. Um, and she worked in a metaphysical shop. So I learned about tarot and astrology and would go to her place and like be surrounded with these amazing characters who would read my palm, who I literally like would carry my chart around when I would go visit her. And like people would just be like, you know, because I was so young, they would just volunteer information. And so I just soaked in as much as possible. So, and this happened, uh, there, you know, it, 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 the line, of course, there's gray lines. This was kind of when my connection to the, to, um, the church started to dissolve, like this started to present and, and come to me. And I was like, Oh, I have to explore this. So, you know, Christianity was what was offered. It was the plate I was given. So I, I went into it um, and for some reason I was really good and my friend group at the time, which was very much so connected to the church, um, I, I realized I was good at being able to simplify certain concepts even as a teenager. So I carried, so I've carried that forward, I think, into the memeing and to what I do online and into my sessions of being able to take the, like these without, I, I like to think of how can we simplify without being reductionist i think that is an art in and of itself um, so you know so that's that's been so as far as the process i mean it's it's messy like everyone else i read a bunch of books like you like um i i was in a relationship um with a guy for five years and i remember him once saying to me like uh he was of course had lots of unresolved trauma and things and so i offered the tools that i that had helped me and he said well, where, did, where did you learn all this stuff and I just looked at him and I said, I read. Literally. <laughs> yeah. yeah like, you should try it sometime. <laughs> exactly. And that's what I feel like that that's my one criticism with social media is how remarkably reductionist it is. Yes. And you know, before our before we started recording, we talked about these great meme accounts that have all this depth that are really starting to present. And something that I've attempted is funny. I posted a Hildegard von uh, Bingen or Bingen. I can't remember how you Bingen. I think is how you say it. Yeah, um, she's my favorite. One of my yeah. favorite mystics. I love again, her. Again, someone that I discovered. Um, there's a great album by Richard Souther. I think it's one yeah. of the best. Um, Emily Van Evra is the singer, and and that and with another singer, I can't remember her name. Um, is she singing a bunch of Hildegard stuff? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all Hildeg uh. inspired by Hildegard. Um, and he's got two albums. Um, um, one, the second one's called Illumination. The first one, I, I think uh, I have that one. On I can't Spotify. remember. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yeah. So I. I've, I've I've been really giddy because I've noticed um, that she's coming into the collective consciousness more and more. And mm -hmm. I posted a meme like years ago, again, like an OG thing with her in it. And um, it's like crickets. Yeah, right? it, it, yeah, it did not. I think it got even with my massive following. I think it got eight hundred likes, and I was like, yeah. "This is for this is going to be niche." You're like, "Hello, it's a deep it's not, cut." It's not niche, <laughs> yeah, but it's not niche now. I mean, no. I'm noticing people. So that's the other thing that. So I I was a designer and a textile designer. And something I've talked about in the past too that I had a talent of as a very as a very young kid 
was my dad told me once when we were sitting at the dinner table, I was a very young kid, and I would want certain things, certain colors, certain styles of dress, certain all those things. And my dad said, if you like something, if you want something, years later, I see it in the store. So I'll ask for it. And my parents will be like, where did that come from? Like, where? why do you want corduroy pants? Why do you want that color? Why do you want those uh. things? And I'm like, I don't know. I just want this. And so what I've noticed that and and when I was designing, one thing that we do is color forecast and trend forecasting. So that's something that I got to do. So I got to kind of play with that skill mm-hmm. um, in my 20s and early 30s. And I um and so it was it was it was remarkably fun to be able to do that and to see where we could be heading even now i've realized i've really loved this color that i call cranberry and this cranberry glass and i'm like oh this is probably going to be something in the next few years <laughs> that nobody's like because if i like it i've started to pay attention to it and sure enough it will present so my hildegard wanting to present hildegard to the world you had a sense that the world was like ready for her. Yeah. Again. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm reading this book called The Femina right now. And this like historian, it's a whole book. And this woman is essentially, um, she's an Oxford trained like uh, archaeologist. And she's just studying all these things. And her whole book is about how women and mystics have been written out of history. Oh, yeah. And so she's just going back that. through. Yeah, th- you'd love it. She's going back <sighs> through all these different grave sites of like Viking warrior women and all these different yeah. Anglo-Saxon women and uh, Hildegard is another one that she's really exploring. And obviously she hasn't been written out of history, but she's just she's as still been on the peripheral as yeah. Leonardo da Vinci. And one Absolutely. of the reads she read Leonardo da Vinci to filth because she said Leonardo da Vinci actually very did not very often finish his projects. And she said yeah. and Hildegard always finished her projects. Of course. Was like, she was oh, yeah. she was she was mother superior. Like she was. she she was the supreme. But you know? she was. And you want to know what's interesting about her is that, and this is why I think it's a, a little thread that I want to pick up on of something that you said. Hildegard was very controversial and a lot of my listeners will probably not know of her um but she Yay, was a, a, a mystic and but but she was friends with the pope and yeah. well loved by popes and yeah. she managed to be most people like her would have been burnt at the stake as a heretic yeah. because she had visions you know yeah. she also helped women like concoct herbal concoctions for abortion oh, yeah. she was the first person to talk about the female orgasm and like write it down in some yeah. of her books she wrote Literally, paintings like, of her are in a vagina. Yes, there are paintings liter- of her literally, literally. in a vagina. Yeah, <laughs> and so I mean. it's just she was, she is, and still is like just, just absolutely prolific. Talking about re- writing tomes, um, herbalist visions, yeah. um, writing music, crystals. She used crystals. Everything. Did crystal Everything. concoctions. Yeah, so did like, moon made moon, moon water. <laughs> she clearly saw that that was simpatico with Christianity in some way. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, and this is what I wanted to ask you. You you said something like, I feel like this should be the title of the episode, skeptical of the woo, because yeah. that is something that I really want to talk about. I actually had someone um, write me some kind of angry email at some point. They which happens a lot. They'll write me <laughs> no an doubt. email. Yeah, of course. And um, basically saying, because I use the phrase woo-woo shit sometimes. And yeah. um, someone was like, I really am offended when you say the phrase woo-woo shit because it's like talking down on 
spirituality, but I'm like, no, no, like it's a very specific yeah. type of thing. And for people who it's like you said, there's an art form of condensing down to something very simple, but you can't condense something down to something simple until you've read so much and crammed yes. so much into your brain from all these yeah. different mystical traditions. And then you realize, yeah. ah, no wonder Hildegard of Bingen could just be cool with it because she knew it's all the same shit. Yeah. But you can't come to that understanding until you've actually become well-read and well-understood. Yeah. You can't just ingest memes and no. and also take a, a class of a divine feminine container course. No. no. So what do you mean by skeptical of the woo? And yeah. as someone who has read so much and is, I would consider you like a very mystic kind of oriented yeah, okay. person. Yeah, and definitely. Yeah. It's true. And, and, uh, and like, what would you say, how, what raises your eyebrows as like, what what makes you roll your eyes when you see something online and what makes you skeptical of the woo and why do you think we should be skeptical of the woo? So I think- And what's woo, the woo? The woo-woo can quickly become Delulu. So- <laughs> Wait, okay. another title option. There you go. Or the Delulu can feed the woo-woo. Yeah. Um, whatever. So, so here's the deal. Is that- there are a lot of very superficial practices. And so if we want to if we want to give it more of a practical or aware way of looking at it, then let's call it superficial spirituality. Let's call it surface level. Let's call it um um the the let's call it watered selfish. down. You said that yeah. too. Watered well, down. Watered down, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that most people are lazy a lot of humans and and this isn't a bad thing y'all i don't no. mean lazy people in a bad way a lot of people don't have much time because they're and, strapped into the matrix and that's you know? what it is i think there's and, and so when i use that term lazy in this way i mean their bandwidth is is, is low and limited and it's limited by a few things. Like you said, it's the it's it's the day-to-day -day things that we have to do to survive in the the, the so-called matrix. The the other thing is is that I I don't think a lot of I, I think no, let me back up. We are remarkably conditioned to not ask those questions, to not go any deeper. And so when we're around adults and we want to do that and we're told not to because, of course, it, it, it's unsafe for them or whatever to, to go that deeper or really they can't really what, what kind of I, I, I like to put it is people can't emotionally regulate outside of the so-called box, which is the conditioning. So when you're a child and you're challenging that box, the conditioning, um, and and you're told we don't do that here, then it's very easy to just become superficial with things. I mean, it's we're like, hardwired <clears throat> also biologically to have acceptance from well, that's our what tribe, I, right? Yes. that. So getting into the brain science behind it too, there's that. There's also we are lazy because the minute that our basic needs are met, our brain goes, we're good. We don't need to go any further. Yeah. We don't need to push anymore. And so let's I, not go into the abyss today. Yeah. No. And and why why would you need to? So you 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 know, I have an athletic background, um, my degrees in exercise science. I think that being in the gym 
being an athlete, definitely pushing yourself the next to into the next space. I think with my meditation practice, my awareness, like things have plateaued. Things are going to plateau in your spiritual practice, just like they would at going to the gym. Absolutely. Um, and be working with people like who, you know, in my own, um, in my own um, gym practice or whatever, like, you know, I'm, I'm the opposite of, I, I want to gain weight. I want to have muscle mass. So, you know, I'll get up to a certain weight. The the weight that I can't seem to push past ever in my entire life is about 200 pounds. So my body's like, oh, I'm done. Like, but it, to do that, I, I have to eat like eight meals a day, by the way. Um, and who has, again, I mean, it is a that. whole job to make exactly. your body look a certain way. Like. Exactly. But I think in our spiritual practice, we can look at it similarly. And I wrote something the other day that I really liked that when it comes to a spiritual practice as well, most of us don't have the luxury to divide ourselves from the distractions of daily life and give our full attention to a spiritual practice in a setting removed from the daily life mm. and or and, or to quote unquote, make it the daily life. So my big philosophy with going deeper is more about just becoming more aware of what's happening in the moment and, and look for the depth where you stand. Um, because I think it's everywhere. And so yes. what happens in the spiritual space is the woo or the so-called what what we could also define on the on the other side of the superficial thing is these deeply mystical spirit experiences that I have experienced in my life. And I've had clients that have experienced and I've heard other people that if I talk about people would think, oh, he's definitely, uh, you know, a Looney Tune, um, yeah. which is fine because they're funny and entertaining. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't hurt my feeling. Yeah. Um, it's like I saw a TikTok the other day where the dude's like, when somebody calls you weird, but you you already knew it and he kind of shrugged you know in, in the video <laughs> so, and I'm like yeah it's so true so i think when you start you know or even there are people like there's an instagram friend he hasn't experienced those things but he's very aware of the possibility and i think too the issue being that we've taken spirituality and we've put these uh i don't from what i know of buddha and what i've learned of buddha he never put himself on a pedestal it was never i'm better and no. i don't think christ did either actually i think other humans need authority figures and so that this is another layer of it is that if you go too deep some authority figure will come and will block it and most of it's an, an internalized system of authority yep that then it gets influenced by the outside so and it's always those it comes in the same package right where it's like yeah. you need to experience divinity in this way through me with me at the at the exactly so exactly so they put themselves as a fountainhead and that's that's of course remarkably dangerous as well yeah and so and it's something i refuse to take a role in same. in my own life like no i i want you to ask questions. I'm a question asker. I'm the curious person. And I want you to adopt that. And so whatever I say, please question, please be, you know, yep. uh, you know, under like understand it from your experience, but also allow for there to be uh, more room. But getting back to the woo thing, what I think is, okay, so we've got the superficial aspect of it. And we have a lot of people to your point that did the container that are, we live in what I still call is the microwave culture, you know, Gen Z and most of um, millennials. I'm on, I guess I'm an ex, ex lineal. So I'm born at the mm -hmm. cusp of Generation X and, and millennial. So I definitely have 
um, the aspects of both. Mm-hmm. But I'll, I'll say that every when everything is at least in um, nations like the U.S. or whatever, where you have access to a lot of options, yeah, um, it can. It's a blessing um, and a curse. Exactly. I think that, but have everything handed to you, uh, the, the, you know, in Christian terms, of course, it's been called the straight and narrow. Mm. Um, there's a, there's a Buddhist way of saying it, that it suddenly isn't coming to me either. Uh, but you know, it's too, oh, oh, licking honey from a razor blade. That's how uh, I describe it. The can you describe practice. what that, what does that phrase yeah. mean to you? <laughs> yeah. So Licking honey from a razor blade to me. It's almost like you're on the edge, right? It's great until you get fucked up. If you're not paying attention, you'll cut yourself. Yeah. I mean, you will. And so I think that. And some might say, ceremonial magicians might say, like, that's the whole point, right? Fuck around and find out. Then you know, like. Absolutely. And and that's that's part of trickster energy Mm -hmm. as well, like getting people to fuck around and find out, like, ask the questions and kind of play with the process, you know, um, without taking it too seriously. Yeah. But Uh, you also have to be careful, right? Like, oh. I read some stuff that I would never put into practice myself because I know that there are large forces that you can mess around with. And yeah, I don't have any interest in doing that, but I like to inform myself about it. (laughs) Yeah. And just because it's in a book, it doesn't matter. Like Precisely. just because it's in a book doesn't mean it's true. Exactly. Just like I say with people that are mediums or whatever, people looking for information from the other side. I was like, just because the dead doesn't mean they know more than we do. That's so right. I mean, these are the assumptions that people make. So, you know, one of my tenets, which comes in the four agreements, is don't make any assumptions. Because and this is what I feel and like that happens is just, hard to live. Well, that all the four agreements are hard to yeah, live. Yeah, they are. They are. <laughs> My God. But if, but if you live by the first tenant, which is be impeccable with your word, or as Elizabeth Gilbert says at the beginning of E Pray Love, I mean, say what you will about her. I mean, I you know, her, there's privilege her, her there, book, but, Big Magic is one of my favorites. But it is well, I recommend it to a lot of people because yeah, me to me it takes out the the westernized capitalism from creativity, yep. Yep. which I don't know if she was meaning to do that but she certainly did so the but she says you know she has a dear friend that told that tells her tell the truth tell the truth tell the truth and Mm -hmm. um i think she mentions it at the very beginning of eat pray love and so that's why i say i say when i work with clients when i talk to people we go over values the first value is always tell the truth and of course that's all you ever need and to seek out the truth to ask the questions about the thing so this feeds into the woo part so there is mystical experiences, there's mysticism, there's these things. I think there's a lot of people out there thinking that they've had these experiences and what they've had is a disassociative moment, yes. which is different. Right. Like an ego-fueled Delulu. Exactly. And so, and I think that is what it is. And of course, Chogam Trampa, which I feel like I always say his name wrong in spiritual, his book, Spiritual Materialism, talks about these things. And so we have a lot of spiritual materialism. Like I thought that doing this work would bring all the money that I needed, that I could just like do the secret or whatever, you know, ask, believe, receive, LOA all day. And LOA being law of attraction, <laughs> law of attraction. by the way. Um, just manifest your reality. So I was there and and we do manifest our reality to some and exactly. degree. Exactly. But it's just not like that. It's you not rugged I mean? individualism. Isn't that and, how you feel? You like look yeah. at spirituality stuff and I go, yes, but not like that. 
Well, yes, but and, no. <laughs> and I may have made an intent years ago for myself that kind of colors my perception of things to be enlightened. I think it's the worst thing I ever asked for. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, because yeah. What it, there is, what, there's a quote there. There's a mystical quote there of like, um, I can't remember who said it, but again, that's the that's the problem of reading so much shit. But it's basically like, be careful what you wish for because the more that you always. know, you kind of, you can never go back to no. the to the unknown version, the version where you were a little bit blissfully ignorant. Exactly. Exactly. And I think what I'm doing throughout my life is actually edging enlightenment, which is really (laughs) uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What the fuck am I going to title this episode? Edging enlightenment. We have so many good ones. Woo woo de loo woo and edging enlightenment. Um, What is edging enlightenment to you? What do you mean by that? So again, if we if we look at so the woo-woo and let's let's go back and finish up that real quick. So the woo-woo yeah. to me is talking about things that don't hold any ground or reality, potentially in their experience or in someone else's experience. And they're using this kind of watered-down version of spirituality or this very ungrounded version of like the light language and all this stuff and going like well, this came through me. And I'm not saying those things aren't going to potentially help people but like you said this ego or this i like to say selfish fueled way of doing things um and 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 that might work for them i don't want to say it doesn't i don't want to say that someone finding out their alien you know lineage through a past life or something isn't potentially going to help them on their journey but i also want to say question the shit out of it all like yes. like don't and also you're not actually being a mystic if you're not questioning do you that's know what just I mean? it that's the, the whole the, point <laughs> there, there's this great book i don't have it i forget who read it but it's called um Fuck, I forget. It, I think it's just called mysticism. I'll, I'll find it. Is it by um, mysticism by Evelyn Underhill? Yes, because I there love it that is. Book. Yeah. yeah, so She's she starts. Amazing, by the way, yeah. So you know, this was written in the turn of the last century. Well, the um the twentieth century, turn of the twentieth mm-hmm. century. And for those I don't know, and she starts off on the second page defining mysticism, essentially in mystics, they are seeking the truth. It is the truth at every moment. That's right. it is, it's not about the projection. And of course, Strogam Trampa talks about projections a lot. A lot of other people talk about projections. It's not what you're projecting onto your reality. So the woo part for me is a lot of these people still projecting their um their stories onto a reality and then going around telling people hey this projection worked for me but but we know but did it really you know and i I just did a series this is so fascinating because what you just said i did a three-part series it's called trauma worlds Mm. and i explored this um it's an article written about marion woodman's work and she's a depth psychologist one of my favorites but it's kind of basically saying a trauma world is like the veil through which you see the world and i call it paranoid golem energy like basically i love it like absolutely Ah, like you're holding everything you you think the world is full of people that are going to fuck you over and because yeah, you have you been and... abuse you because again we've we've all been through it yeah and so when when you are being paranoid golem energy of course your reality is going to mirror that back to you right like if i go to the store and the old man checking me out like checking me out not checking me out leering at me but checking out my, my groceries yeah yeah, yeah i get you if, if, but if he's like you know just doing his job and I'm literally full of horrible paranoid golem energy. Yeah. He, 
these people can sense that. But yeah. if you are filled with just like, hey, whatever happens, happens. I'm a mystic. I'm just going to like, what does the world have in store for me today? Right? Yeah. Like, what can I learn about this person? Are you not going to have a very different experience? Absolutely. That is manifesting your reality. It's not this cheesy law of attraction stuff. No, and to manifest, it's to see things. It's an yes. appearance thing. It's not, it's about recognition, um, not about the getting. So I yeah. think a lot of the spiritual community is very much so engaged in this selfish survival need thing that becomes that spiritual materialism. And to your point too, the 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 scary part about it is is that you might not realize that you have that you know paranoid golem energy and you're covering it up with this disassociative right. story of the world as well that like That's oh right. everything's fine like there's which is almost the worst in my opinion like the well, emotional constipation of being like it's all good well, or that, or you develop this narcissism and have these t this talent dysmorphia. I see talent dysmorphia everywhere. Who people What's are that? thinking? <laughs> people think that they're better at something than they really are. God, I have the opposite of that. <laughs> well, Permanent so I'm always syndrome. I, yeah. Well, and that I need a little bit of well. talent dysmorphia. <laughs> I agreed. I think just a, just a smidge. Um, I hear you, you know, though. You would can help. tell. But there are there, and so that happens in the spiritual community too. Um, we the, the thing that I say to watch for in your people um, is consistency. Oh, yeah, I love this red flags. It, yeah, the red flag is they're going to change what they said. Um, they're going to go on. Oh, I'm going on a different path now, which isn't to say that's a bad thing. I mean, right. we're talking about where I'm in my change, where I'm transforming a little bit, but I'm not, I'm building on what I already have. I'm, I'm yeah. not, I'm not going to shift religions or go, oh, well, that like you're was circling to closer to the center of the, yeah. the thing, right? And are they curious? Are they getting you to ask questions or are they acting like an authority figure? And that's, that's the right. thing is that a lot of people in their so-called, in, in their we'll call it the laziness or the trauma response or whatever you want to call it. We are looking for something that we can borrow safety from. So I think when people in the spiritual community who are the so-called gurus or the teachers or whatever, people are looking to borrow like they do in, in therapy, this kind of safety, this kind of assurity, this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But the, 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 we'll say the real teachers, the, 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 the honest that are the ones that are like, you have to also be willing to sort this out in your own space of your own perception yeah. and don't, and, and ask those questions. So leading that into edging enlightenment, I feel like that is how it's happening. Like I, I, I have not had the thing that frustrates me going back to the way it's been positioned is that you will have this, even in Christianity, you are white clean of your sins, okay? You, in Buddhism, you become, and so there's salvation, right? And the root of the word salvation, by the way, means safe, okay? For everyone that needs to know. And even the word enlightenment points back to that word safe as well. So the Christ and, and Buddha are basically saying the same thing um, in their own way, because in your total awareness, you are safe, and Thich Nhat Hanh says that he has a quote in one of his books called, I think one of his talks coming home or whatever. He was like, you are safe in your awareness, mm -hmm. um, which a lot of us get stuck coming into our awareness of, oh my God, the world is a horrific place. That's right. 
But if we are paying attention, that 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 ability to be, as the Buddhists say, mindful, or as I like to say, conscious, which is and 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 in our rewiring of our brain and body through uh, our our practice of awareness, we are we are coming into a space where we're going to notice things, and those things we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna learn to as they say trust our intuition or know when 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 things are not a certain way mm-hmm. and we're going to make choices differently and so for me edging enlightenment is there isn't one big orgasmic enlightened moment there are many like little, little deaths little yeah it is it's like, like you know they called the orgasm like little deaths exactly right? like, yeah, yeah it's the it's french so word for it yeah mm-hmm. so there's there's this constant unlearning and relearning and reorienting and here's here's the kicker is in this practice, we don't want to recondition our brains, which is what I think affirmations do. People, we're not trying to recondition our brains for a set um, thing. Now we can condition our bodies and our brains for a skill, for a talent, for a craft, things like that. But how we use that can can translate into numerous ways and i think when we say okay well i learned how to do ceramics and i learned how to throw a pot on a wheel now i have to throw that pot that's the conditioning that says all i can do is throw the pot right this is all i can do um and i get frustrated because people they'll be they'll be like i'll say i do ceramics and they're like what do you mean you do ceramics and i'm like oh what what do you mean like i work with clay and they're like oh you're a potter i said i don't make pots so it's funny, even like when people say, I don't make pots, I'm not a potter. I'm a hand builder. I make art, I make jewelry, I make things like that. So, you know, even like people trying to like go, oh, I need to put they you have in to, this, They have to have space. a definition. I was just talking to my friend this morning at coffee about that. And she was, she's like you and I, like where she's, she does, like she's into astrology. She's yeah. helping people and she's using so many different tools. And she's yeah. just like, People want to call me something, but I yeah. like it makes people uncomfortable when they can't put you into their little box. Always. And that I don't always fit in. And even mm-hmm. with astrology, even though I use it a lot and I talk about it a lot, for me, it's like being a weather forecaster or looking at patterns or that's exactly right. like and 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 again, that's that's what we can One call of the, the oldest side. tools, by the way. Well, I've done hundreds of readings over the years um and i just can't help but think like i've just seen too many aha moments in sessions too many things like that when we're looking at charts and doing things to to abandon it although i do say i'm a remarkably intuitive um reader as well so i can pick up on on things um, that I think, and, and I think my brain works. Like I connect dots mm-hmm. that aren't obvious to other people in that moment. Because speaking of the edging enlightenment, I want to step outside whatever the box is every moment. Like just go, and and speaking of social media and where I'm at now, we touched on this at the beginning. Mm. It's difficult because yes, there's nothing new under the sun. But I'm seeing a lot of uh, derivative work out there, and a lot of work that came that I've done that that mm. is derivative. You're seeing things kind the, of coming back full circle, recycling exactly. old memes. And yes, and I, I, it, it, I'm, <laughs> and I'm delighted because my on one on one hand because. Um, that's that's fabulous. People are have picked up 
Um, and then social media things move so quickly, so it doesn't surprise me that it's circled back so quickly. A screenshot um, of a screenshot of a screenshot of a, it's just like this. And then, wild. but people that didn't know your work in the beginning that are picking yeah. it up, going like, oh, this is new, but probably saw what you did somewhere else. And they're like, yeah. oh, I'm going to talk about 5D. I'm going to talk about the chakra system. Oh my God, talk don't about- even get me started on when people start talking about dimensions. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like, yeah. The, the word dimension is used in a weird way. I don't think it means what you think it means. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's remarkably scientific and dimension. Yeah. Hence like, why I don't even go there. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a difficult space to be. But yeah. I, I think that, you know, and of course I jokingly talk about 5D the same way you, we jokingly say I need some vitamin D. Um, you know, and I'm not talking about the vitamin. So, you know, I... <laughs> <laughs> so I what think, i am what does that mean that? <laughs> hashtag innocent we can bring cunty out for this one i've never the, seen a d <laughs> i'm a mystic i'm a nun <laughs> oh i think the mystics knew all about the d i think um they did. i said yeah um and uh, and yeah so <laughs> i i think and they could read bones just like anyone else. Absolutely. Um, um, whether it was it was um, masculine, feminine, or non-binary, but mm-hmm. um, it trans and otherwise. So I yeah. think that you know, um, I, I think for me, this is a practice. And you know, one thing that I work with a lot of clients, they talk about the goals and things. And I was like your process of the goal is the goal. Like every time you accomplish something small, you've reached that goal. Now it's not the full actualization. It's not all the pieces, but you still have some part to celebrate. And I I want people to celebrate those small things. So in enlightenment, when you have an aha moment, to me, I call it, you know, an aha moment I've been calling for years. I I call, you know, um, oh, fuck, what did I call it? I called it a... um, um, like a spiritual orgasm or whatever, you yeah, know. I thought, yeah. oh, I call I call it crown chakra orgasm. That's what I called <laughs> it. That was because I did the spiritual dictionary, D I C K, airy, um, Incredible. years ago, and when I first started, and um, yeah, and an aha moment was the you know a crown chakra orgasm, and so I think when we have that that moment we're like oh here we are like I get it. I, yeah, yeah exactly like it's something and you clicked. can't explain that either that's what i'm trying no. to like i've tried so hard to like that's another thing about kind of following this mystical path is that it'll be those times that i'm you know just sitting there with my cards or i'm doing something and like something just clicks into place but exactly. if i tr- but if i try to explain it to somebody like it's not even going to come out it's like wordless and hence why when people have like experiences with non-human intelligence or whatever half the time they say when they encounter encounter beings quote unquote whatever you want to yeah, call it exactly. they say that the communication is telepathic you know yeah. because we can't words are are shit like they don't yeah. they don't work really well i i have i have a theory or idea about this if hmm. you want to hear it yeah i don't think they're as limiting as we think they are Interesting. i think okay. yes they are something that i've struggled with in the spirit community people say i want to vibe i Ew. don't hear i yeah. won't say that no thank you <laughs> Um, <laughs> you won't hear me talk about vibes. <laughs> You'll only hear me say that jokingly. But yeah. I, I think that 
Here is my thing, is that even in telepathic communication, it is communication. No, you're right. And I don't think that we evolved to generate. So I have a friend that's a linguist, my best friend, and he's Sick. studying a native. Uh, oh, God, you know, I picked the wrong time to say language event. isn't good. Good. <laughs> You're like, let's go, bitch. Let's go. And go being school. a writer and someone who who spent the last decade or over a decade really working on being able to speak and even with Instagram, being able to use my words in a way I wasn't allowed to when I was a child. Mm. Um, what I find is, and, and having, like I mentioned in the beginning, an inner poet, I find that, again, going back to um, people struggling with getting over that space of, okay, which I had called lazy, but for those that that's triggering for, because I can be lazy and I like being lazy, oh God, so I don't, I don't think it's a bad thing. But, but I also want to be conscious about it. So like when I've got the dopamine hit after eating food or, you know, or taking a nap or resting or whatever, and then, uh, or even looking at something online, you know, my brain goes, okay, you're satiated, right? Like you don't need anything else. I'm conscious of the fact that that's a story in my brain that my body and my brain are going through and have, you know, doing their thing. And I go, no, I want to read a little more. No, like if I'm working out, I'm going to push myself a little further. Mm -hmm. But so I feel like words are that. I feel like, and this is why I say it's a good thing, because when I got the vocabulary for, for those that don't know, um, I grew up feeling like I was born at the time the vocabulary came to me as in the wrong body. So I am... I would say inevitably trans um, and did not go through the transition due to the fact that I have Crohn's, I have, uh, I just, I resources, um, any number of things where I've decided, you know what, I think I'm going to allow that part of me to be or whatever it is within me and to feel what could be called the feminine nature. Well, I didn't have the term non-binary. I didn't have the term even transgender. I didn't have those terms. And as I, you know, grew up and matured, and even in my 30s, like I started to have this vocabulary that I didn't have before. Mm. And Brene Brown just published a book called Atlas of the Heart, oh, where it's she so good. So if we're talking about vocabulary, she says the same thing that I say. Once you have a word for something, yeah. you can't, you are empowered. That's true. So even if something's telepathic, it's still a communication where the vocabulary is remarkably clear. Yeah. It's still communicating a concept that you can then understand. Exactly. And and yeah. some of us need myth and metaphor and other things to flesh out these things. And, and even right. referencing our own experience or referencing somebody else's experience that we can, that we can trust, that we know is going to be honest about it. And so hmm. I feel like vocabulary... For those out there that just want to vibe who are like, I don't need words. Yes, you do. Yeah. We are yeah. literally having a podcast. We are doing this. And I'm not saying that's what you were saying. You want to know what? You just made me think of something because you're so right. A good, um, I've been really diving into the work of this guy. His name's escaping me now, but when I find it, I'll put it it's in me. the show notes. Yeah. Yeah, he's a he <laughs> practices druidry, and I find dru uh, druidry very fascinating because yeah. 
number one, I connect with it very much. A lot of my yeah. ancestry is it Wales, Scottish, you know, Same. like yeah, a lot of Irish. Celtic. Yeah. yeah. And Tons. so I I whenever I see interestingly, you go back in my little diaries when I was little, what am I drawing? Like little spirals, you know? And I'm like, yeah. huh, that's that's interesting. Yeah. And I and I also I love a well. I love yeah. a well. Ugh, <laughs> I love so fucking romantic. I love a well. And Druids love wells and streams and and Oh, it's all- in when you when you go um, you know, in you do Celtic shamanism, yes. there are tons of um journeys where you yes. go to a well. But yeah. he was talking about, he was like, one of the things, because uh, he was doing this podcast. I don't, know if you're, I don't know if you've ever listened to Glitch Bottle podcast. It's one of them. It. It's a great name. Oh, oh, you will love it. And he, yeah. th- the thing is, it's it's the real deal. I'm talking yeah. about he's interviewing people that translate like grimoires and scrolls. Yeah. Like it's yeah. hardcore. The average everyday esoteric meme aficionado would not like it but if you're a nerd like us like yeah, yeah you'll love absolutely. it absolutely yeah. so after this i'll send it to you but he did an interview on glitch bottle and they take q a's from patreon and one of the questions was just like how do you recommend like what kind of practices can i do and he was talking about how important he said one of the things he did was he challenged himself even though he's not a poet he said i challenged myself to write a poem every single day for a year like even mm. it was a small poem That's fun. and then what he did is that at the end of the year he went back and from the first day of the year he tried to improve upon that poem and then he went back you know what i mean through his poems yeah. and he said that poetry can really just give you this language of spirituality more so than our everyday language. Cause I can read like William Butler Yeats, right? He was like an occultist and I didn't know about that. Um, But if you read his words, you know, these people who are very poetic, that it almost is better language to describe because I'll listen to these words. The same with like Evelyn Underhill. You know these people who have been living this and you read it yeah. and you're like, ah, oh, that's it. I didn't know how to say that, but you just said it. Just it's concentrated. Right. I yes. mean, it's just, it's a concentrated way. And my two poetry classes I took in college, you know, the teacher's whole thing is that you have to learn how to say something in a very small space, which is something I'm not good at, by the way. It's something I've had to, yeah, like, I'm just like, I need to get it all out. So I have to get it all out first and then I can condense it, yeah, into a space that feels, again, distilled, refined, that lacks the reductionist air uh, of things. So, you know, I I think that... um, language for me is so valuable but we also here's here's the other side of it if we look at it through the lens of you know emerging trauma therapies mm-hmm. talk therapy is not enough and and when i nope. and for some reason i knew we, we were going to talk about this we need embodiment of things. exactly and yep. and somatic thing so when i was really in my therapy phase which was late teens early 20s we've all been there yeah, I had picked up, um, you know, like you, like I was diagnosed bipolar. Uh, I don't know. I didn't, you that was my first bipolar, diagnosis but yeah, too. Yeah, bipolar so, 2 was my very first. Yeah. So yeah. I, um, which of course, in retrospect, came from tremendous hormone imbalances within my body and um, 
um, and trauma. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for some reason, being hit a lot when you're a child might create. Who knew? Yeah, who knew? Who knew? Who knew that violence was so remarkably um, <laughs> disruptive? Who knew that the body keeps the score? <clears throat> yeah. Who knew? Um, I'm teaching my body not to keep the score. And in my <laughs> early 20s, it stopped. And this is what I didn't know was happening is that I was doing, I was that, working then you out. you learned to dissociate from the body keeping well, the score, but exactly. it does still keep the score. Absolutely. So I was working out hardcore in that window of time as well. And I didn't realize that I was doing somatic work right. while doing the therapy. Um, Shit. That's what I was going to tell you too, because one of the things this druid reproductive practitioner guy said too, he said, one of the best things I suggest to you is poetry. And then he said, exhaust your body. And he was talking yeah. about how all of these shamanic traditions is like the sun dance in Native American culture. Yep. They dance and dance and dance until their body's completely exhausted. And then yep. they can access those states. Fasting does it. Mm -hmm. The cold therapy can do it. Um, you know, there's, there's, as we know, so many ways. what's coming out. So many ways. And this is why I say going back to being a skeptic. Yeah. You... Have and nothing to... is a silver fucking bullet either. No. That's why it's annoying to watch the cold plunge Thank dudes, you. the alpha bros. Like, yeah. I'm like, no, it's not just do a cold plunge and it'll be better. It's like, you have to know why you're doing that. And you can do that and by shaking. You can do that by spinning. You can do it yes. by running. Like, And it might work for three years and then stop. That's right. That's and and right. then you have to deal with, as and far as edging that stop. enlightenment. Yeah. Yeah. That edging that alignment, you have to then enlighten yourself in another way, right? That's like right. it worked there. What is yep. it going to do? Although for me, I'll tell you, and there's a lot of research that backs this up, taking walks regularly seems to just reset. And for some reason, a walk, you can't do the drive. The way our eyes move, uh, the movement of going yeah. forward, I something like that. I posted a tweet the other day on my Instagram as well back, and it said, why is it? It's like that all of the most prolific writers and thinkers say, take a fucking walk. That's it. And it's like, it it's really true. is the answer. Yeah. And so the poetry can come through then the vocabulary. And I yeah. talk, I will, you know, I say to people, I didn't tell clients, I was like, if you don't want to journal, if you don't feel like you have time to sit down and just journal, I said, do your 30 minute walk, turn on your, cause sometimes just feeling like we're being listened to is powerful. Yes. And so your voice turn notes. On, exactly. So turn yes. on your, do, get it out. I'd say, yeah. I've said this to boyfriends too. So many men that I've dated have just held it all in and I'm like, get it the fuck out. That's right. And, and then Scream of into course, a fucking pillow in your car. It's in, and for them, it becomes difficult to do that emotional regulation once it's out. Cause then you yeah. have to follow it up with like yeah. the tools of that. That's right. But the walking helps with that. And, and of course being around the community of people. So I feel like that, you know, when we're when we're in our practice, you know, I had a lot of pushback early on when I was talking about doing walking meditation, and I hadn't read anything by Thich Nhat Hanh um, at that point because really I kind of going back to the woo part. Uh, there's a great uh, organic abundance on Instagram, Hannah um, Williams. She said this, and I really was just giddy that she said it. She said, "Pick a book and stick with that book for a while. Like pick yeah. a teacher." do that. So I did that um, in the beginning of my spirituality. So I was really reluctant to read a bunch of other people, very much so on purpose. And even now, if I read like Chogam Trompas, who I'm reading a lot of now, um, because I feel like his stuff is very practical, has a lot of common sense, um, and things find me. I, I was looking, I stumbled on the Book of the Dead 
and found three versions of it. And one of it was uh, from the 70s, his um, Shambhala Press, his his version. Mm. And so I feel like that, so I'm kind of sticking with him right now as much as yeah. possible, just to kind of learn his perspective and, and what's going on. So um, I feel like we want to, uh, like, we, we want to try a lot of different things, but what a, one thing that I find with the, again, when things kind of level out or whatever, people don't push to the plateau. They kind of go, oh, well, I need to take in all this information, going back to the options and all those things. And I'm like, pause for a moment. And what's yeah. calling you? What's because the Chogum Trompa books like keep finding me like in bookstores. I've, I found three of them in used bookstores or a thrift store. So I'm like, so you so have these, to follow that thread when I, I have. Itself. And that's exactly what I say. I call it a thread. That, yeah. yeah. Me too. So yeah. So I go, okay, let's let's examine this. Let's look at mm -hmm. this. I was on the phone with a friend one day, and in five minutes there were five hawks because I was in the road and I was like, okay, this is hawk medicine things. Like, what are we? And both of us are talking about focusing in on something. And so yes. I was like, okay, well, there that is. So that's part of the woo stuff that happens yes. a lot. But the pain and all those signs are there if you look they are. right. That's the and, thing. And yeah, that goes it's back not to the just poetry. angel numbers on the microwave. No, no, and thank God for the microwave. But I know. you know, I still love them. I still love <laughs> right? them. I have to admit. <laughs> yeah. So and and I see them constantly. Sometimes I'm like. Yeah. I'm like, what? Uh, there was a period last year and it's still happening where I keep seeing like 777 and I walked out of the gym. Literally, I was seeing it everywhere and I walked out of the gym and this this girl had 777 tattooed across her chest wow. and I walked past her and I was like, shit, there's another one. I was like, wait, wait, I have to go and be that awkward person and ask her What's what the, the meaning that? of it. Yeah. And I loved it because we won't, we don't have time to get into it this, but like I, I, you know, sex work and stuff is part of some history of mine. And so same. I don't know um, if you know that, but also same. No, I didn't. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, it's mm -hmm. great. I draw a lot of clients to me that are in that space, which mm -hmm. I really love because I don't think there are a lot of practitioners out there that are doing it, that really get it, um, who have the lived experience. And there is a stark line between people that are psychologically integrated and can do that work. And then there yeah. are a lot more people out there that are doing it from a traumatized place like exactly I was well and, and yeah. i was too I, yeah. but I, I i what i did is i just quick side note i was drawing i there came a point in my life where i was like okay do i keep doing this work um and supporting men in their healing in a very small space or yeah. can i expand this more to the collective and focus yeah. on what i'm doing on instagram and things like that so there was like a moment there with that but um, I'm losing my train of thought now. Let's go seven, back. Seven, seven, seven. Seven, seven, seven. So she is, she is um, walking out and she was like, oh, I was a, I was a stripper. And, um, which as we know, sex work is normally, you know, adjacent that's the, to that. That's, that's the gateway drug. Yeah. Um, sometimes. depending on them, not everyone. No, but, no, no. But I do, I do know of people, um, it's in, very easy to, clients where it's to easy. Exactly. Because people offer you more money. So much it's, more. it's, it's, yeah. And so, you know, so you, cause you can walk out of a night stripping and not make anything basically you know what yeah. i mean it's and then it's you can trash. walk out making you know Thousands. you know it's exactly making a month's worth of 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 money yeah and so hence um, why it's hard to get out exactly yeah. and so i so it's interesting she said and they always called me lucky and my friends and i and by the way at the same time i was working at a place where the motto of the place or the, or the tagline was craft your own luck 
So, you know, you, you, and, and I've been called, told I have the luck of the devil my whole life. And my favorite superhero as a kid was Domino, which she's in one of the latest X-Men, but she's not really known. She was with X-Force, you know? Okay. Um, I, um, and she, her superpower was her luck. Wow. So she could use her luck. So that kind of came back into my consciousness. She she was in the latest, I think she's in the Deadpool, the second Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's really... And so it's those like, moments where you're like, this means something to me, you know? Yeah. It's like and, it, and, things and, are clicking. Exactly. And so the wow. woo bringing that back in. And there's a study done years ago for those that want to, if we talk about affirmation and shifting a perception, going back to that. And I'll see if I can find the study and I send it to you. Mm. That if people believed, or that's a tricky word for me, but we'll use it here um, because <laughs> it always goes back to thought and thinking and again, getting locked into conditioning. But let's say that they they say, they just tell themselves, okay, I'm lucky. Yeah. Um, they experienced circumstances where they could define as being lucky. Just mm-hmm. by repositioning themselves as being a lucky person. <laughs> and they chose people who historically had felt like they had bad luck. And so that for me, I'm like, you know what? I've experimented with that in my own life. I was like, God, when I get really like bogged down with the stories and the oh. so-called, you know, trauma or the junk Absolutely. or all that stuff. The paranoid golem. Yeah. My life starts to look that way. Like That's I'll, right. The milk Trauma gets spilt, world. right? Like things yep. break. Um, even my car has broken down in those spaces, oh, yeah. like multiple so times. As, and I'm like, okay, get this. My husband the other day, like, was um, something happened. I'm pretty tech savvy, but something happened with my computer where I yeah. was just like, what the fuck? He was like helping me install this new security thing. Yeah. And I was like, you know, and you're just like, <sighs> and like everything stops working. And like, yeah. I was already, my energy was so bad. And I was just, and he came over and he's like, does it and he goes you know that the technology even responds to your erratic energy right exactly (laughs) i don't need you schooling me but he's right you know (laughs) because think about it when you approach something smoothly it's like the same thing if you come and like chop an onion and your hand is shaking you're not going to be surprised if you cut yourself right it's like if you approach something cool calm and collected it's going to be smooth and he's like Libra, just chill. He nothing yeah. ruffles his feathers. That's and so meanwhile, funny. I, am I have so many Libra people or yeah. Libra risings in my life yeah. and things. Yeah. So that that really resonates with me because it it's a thing, you know. It like, is a thing. And so this is what we call the woo, but I can't help but imagine or live in a world where if we are paying attention, if we are even a lot of trauma research shows that people who have dealt with trauma deal with higher rates of illness from fibromyalgia to chronic fatigue. Have you read uh, The Myth of Normal by Gabor Mate yet? Not yet. You would love it. And it's the whole book is basically about that where he he goes and interviews, interestingly, nurses because he says that he thinks nurses actually see more sometimes than the doctors because they, and they have like an unspoken thing that people with, I'm going to butcher this, but people with certain conditions like MS or Mm -hmm. certain cancers, 
nurses know that if a person presents and they're extra angry, they can almost say, okay, they're going to have that cancer. Or if they don't speak their truth and they're very like withheld, they're going to have yeah. MS or something, yeah. right? It's well, and, and it, it, you know, trauma is going to impact the immune system. And a lot yeah. of research like with, with MS is directly related to Epstein-Barr, which is also related to chronic fatigue. Mm. And so you know, if your immune system, if you're dealing with anxiety and your bodily resources are constantly being drawn to, uh, you know, minimize the cortisol and all your resources are going there, then that gives an opportunity for like the nasty things that's to kind right. of pop up, which a lot of spiritual teachers have talked about for years. And people are like, oh, that's just woo. But no. then science is starting to, uh, to, to do that. So if we can... I mean, become- the amount of chronic bladder and kidney infections that I had and like strep throats. Like I was on antibiotics so much at my most like repressed, unresolved, angry and knock on wood. But like now that I'm, do do I get sick every once in a while? But I'm not like chronically ill like I used to be. Yeah, mine comes and goes still. It went away for a long time. And then in my 30s, PTSD things showed back up because yeah. certain circumstances. Yeah. And I've been struggling with it for the last decade in a way that I wasn't before. Mm-hmm. And it was weird. It started to creep back in. I started to just have random anxiety again. And it was and that's just... that's the worst too. When yeah. it's just that free floating and you don't know Generalized, what's Generalized, yeah. And so that still finds me. I can... I can yeah, keep a list of my anxiety. What do you do when you have those? Because I think listeners will actually really relate to this. Yeah. Because I wrote this down when you were talking. I wrote down, what's your goal? Because I said, people, like, I feel like people have this unrealistic expectation of I'm going to be cured. If yeah. I find spirituality, I'm going yeah. to find this. I'm mystical all the time. I'm not yeah. having these little deaths. So it's like, yeah. what can you speak to that? It's like, what is good to you? Because we're never not yeah. going to not have anxiety. We're never going to not have, yeah. you know, so like. Well, I did go through a period of my time where I didn't, probably a decade, I didn't have anxiety. I can pinpoint one time having in the car and talking to my friend and going, where'd this come from? Mm. Um, and I was really excited. It was after coming to that therapy and doing all that working out and all those yeah. things. And something horrible would happen or considered horrible or difficult or challenging or whatever. However, I decided to judge it. Uncomfortable really is the word. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, um, I I was, I, I, I kind of sometimes still long for that era, so to speak, because I was yeah. like, how did I get there? Um, but you know, I'm 45 now, body chemistry's changed. I'm pretty sure I'm having something hormonal off and on again. I got really sick in my late thirties too. My Crohn's flared back up. Mm. Uh, luckily it went into remission. So I'll tell you what I do. So this is gonna, I'm going to try and condense the list because I am certifiably high maintenance. (laughs) I think that a lot of us that come from trauma are. I don't like it. I'm not always high maintenance. There have been periods in my life, again, eras where I didn't feel that way. But I tend to require a lot of personal attention. I yeah. I can be remarkable. I'm like an orchid. Yeah, exactly. So I can be remarkably introverted. I have recently realized like living with my grandmother, um, you know, working at a job, whatever, there was a moment where I felt like I was going to go insane because I, there wasn't a lot of time where I was 
uh, alone and I was working in restaurants. So I was working long shifts and oh, things and that like that. Oh, that is so hard. I've been, I've worked yeah. in restaurants too. You actually yeah. don't understand the stress of it unless you've done it. I think everyone should Were you work serving? in a restaurant. Yes. Yeah. Um, oh my God. And yeah. it, it was. Yeah, they should have to. Yeah, everyone should have to. So yeah, and it was it was low hanging fruit. It was an easy job. I needed it. And when yeah. jobs have presented over the years, I in in addition to this work, I take it. You know, yeah. I go, oh, okay, yep. let me, let me um, you know, this is gonna fill in a gap. So mm -hmm. I've painted houses, done whatever. But um, and I served for uh, about six months or so. But I'll say that for me. There's a handful of things. So I say high maintenance because it depends on what's going on. It depends on how much this needs to happen. Mm. So I tap. There's research of the tapping. I've been tapping did my a whole, whole life. episode on tapping. There you go. I have so, to admit, I, I had Dr. Larry Burke on who does a ton of tapping. And yeah. I've, I'm so interested because like, how do you do it? Because I know like, I've, I know the different points, but like, what's your tapping routine? I always like, so, to, cause it's a way to, you kind of can make it your own, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I would say, so first I always tap on the heart center. Okay. A lot of heart work, like just being in the heart, like kind of is, is part of my practice. Okay. Getting out of the what's been called the monkey mind or just the you know speed racer brain yep. of let me and the, really the rumination because just my brain my default mode me too and so again you know um people get it i'm not trying to pathologize these things but there is research that shows that usually um, people that have come from some form of trauma. And let's be clear, trauma I define for people that want to know, it's like a rewiring of the brain, right? So right. we're I'm wired to be to be um hypervigilant. Exactly. Right? Like, and rheumatic. Like what do I need to do to keep myself safe safe in exactly. this? Exactly. Yeah. All looking for the safety, stabilization, yep. all that stuff. So my brain will go, how can I fix this from the very small things of I shouldn't have dropped that thing and I spilt it to Ugh. how could I all the way to the big things of I should have taken that job mm -hmm. in 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 2009, you know, oh, no, um, is that pain in my chest cancer? Am I going to well, die? The hypo. Yeah, oh I, I've. I've Luckily, work through the the hypochondriacal kind of I don't know if that's a word, but um, is, my actually. inner hypochondriac um, nailed nailed it. Yeah, so I think that uh, we don't want to mispronounce any words on your show, but no, we um, don't we sure don't <laughs> we don't want to be human. Joke. We don't want to be human. Joke. Listen, I'm um, never going to say gestalt incorrectly again. If you're listening, thank yeah. you for your email. Exactly. Um, so anyway, <laughs> um, okay. So, um, but I, I think, you know, I know we've been talking a lot, so I'm, again, I'm trying to convince this, but I'm also, there's a human. Oh yeah. Tapping heart. So I think tapping. tapping heart center, um, going into that space, not letting the rheumatic going, you know what? Not today, Satan. Um, oh, I the mean, best. The best really slogan. going, okay. Like my, my inner voice is going insane and I really, I know this is going to sound like bypassing, but it's, it's, it, listen, if you need to figure out what your process is great, I figured yeah. out my process. That's I've gotten right. to a point now where this is not bypassing myself because I know what's going on. I am, mm -hmm. um, I am. You've been through down all the thought rabbit holes. I'm ruminating. So like, yeah. yeah. I'm ruminating. I'm going through, like you said, all the thought rabbit holes, whatever. And I'm like, stop it. 
I'm just yes. like, not today, Satan, stop it. So I've gotten in the habit of going, and, and I back up sometimes and ask myself, can you do anything about this in the moment? Can you do anything about this right now? Yeah, what can and, I control? And 99, and, and I don't like that word. So let's offer yeah. up another word for people, mm -hmm. maybe another speaking of vocabulary, is creative autonomy. Oh, I like that. What can I do creatively right now to change the circumstance? I love and, that. And 99% of the time, there's nothing I can do in that moment because I'm going yeah. to bed or I'm fixing dinner or there's no, it's, 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 a, it could be a work thing or mm -hmm. an online thing or a partner thing. Or it's like, and, am I here? Right? Like, are yeah. you here right now? Yeah. So that's kind of sometimes what I say to myself. I'm like, that's am a good I living one. in that moment? Are you here? Are you that's here? a good one. That's a, I love that one too. So it's like, where are you? What are you doing? And so I'm like, okay, I can't do it. But let's say the body slash nervous system is still in that hamster activated. wheel activated exactly state. So I'm like, okay, I'm still uh, feeling it, even though I've had this discussion in my brain, I've had some talk therapy, let's call it that. I did talk therapy with myself right now. Yeah. Let's, let's, um, and speaking to ourselves in the third person, re a lot of research shows is very helpful. So uh, oh, I sure. go, okay, Christian, like, can you do something about this? No. All right. Body still feels like I'm being hunted for sport. Right. Um, <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm like, okay, okay. I love you body. And this is what I say. I tap my hair and say, even though I feel this way, I love and approve of myself no matter what. So I bring in this unconditional oh, approval yeah. and practice the unconditional approval. Right. And go, and this is part of the stopping. Like, nope, I'm not going to punish myself for this. I'm not going to beat myself up. I'm not going to let some internalized version yes. of authority get in the way. So again, I've deconstructed how my brain operates. And I think this is kind of baseline for most of us, by the way, not to be reductionist. I will say there's only so many stories and everything happens to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah. there are there are nuanced ways of things presenting. So like in my body, it might show up as a tummy ache. Tummy ache for you, it might show up as tension in your neck. Oh, so not, for me, it's the jaw, the neck. There you like go. I can literally like feel myself. Like there you go. Yeah. So, it, but still, there's only so many ways it's going to show up for us in some form of a disease, right? Mm -hmm. So I go, okay, I'm gonna have a talk with my body now. I'm gonna take it from the talk to in my head to talk to body we're safe we're doing everything we can to minimize the violence in this circumstance whether it's microaggressions or whatever i'm gonna make sure you're safe so bring in that executive function which i know a lot of people can't have so i have that discussion with it the other thing is and then i'll tap usually i cross crawl to which is a brain gym which is supposed to integrate the hemispheres of the brain which I, so cross crawling is where you just take like your your right hand to your left knee lift up your left knee and then you take your your left hand lifted up to um, your other knee. And as far as the tapping is concerned, the way I do it, you know, I first start off on the heart and then I can send you the little diagram I use that I like, you know, start with the head and then you uh -huh. go uh, over all these, you know, go over yep. all the places. Um, I add a couple other points, but Tong Ren is something that grew out, is Chinese medicine grew out of, you know, or is, is, is connected to. That's where tapping um, came from, right? It's these meridian exactly, points. Exactly. Yeah. Meridian points from acupuncture. Acupuncture has been one of the few things in my experience that has changed my life as Same. far as something. Like and if I, you find a good person, you know. Well, you, like, yeah. You want to yeah. find someone who understands 
the westernized mind as well as can bring the eastern philosophies and kind of merge the two so i've been really lucky and hopefully someone that is intuitive as yeah. all get out as well um i've been they usually through, find they usually go together you find you yeah i mean you, exactly so i think that um because i've gone to acupuncturists that like just treat certain things it doesn't work so we can look at it from the way of like tongue ren these things that have the tapping on the meridian points um as that so i do that sometimes it's intuitive too if you sometimes i'll just tap the top of my so a really quick tapping thing for everyone is you tap at the top of your head your mm -hmm. third eye in the center of your forehead and then your heart center Oh, wow. right and that's easy to remember Sometimes really easy to forget, remember forget the different ways so top of head, exactly top of in head, between your eyebrows third be, eye yeah third and eye then heart center and then heart center okay um and and always start off with i love and improve myself no matter what even though i feel this way because what you're doing there's your opening space of grace to go you're validating you know, your own feelings exactly right? yeah it, which is where you're not bypassing you're like i get it you feel this way yeah. and to me the bypassing is the dissociation the That's not right. looking at it so my process is very fast now because i have spent years in talk therapy years of somatic therapy done uh, you name whatever the therapy it is like i have tried it and yep. and and going back to my philosophy i've stuck with things for periods of time right on purpose and you know to see, when you try something and it doesn't like it's not and i hate the sometimes word it's work, not, you know yeah. because things don't work but it's like you can just know yeah sometimes like emdr is like the be all end all for someone or someone yeah. won't like it at all or you no. know what i mean like so exactly. it's very important to try things i will say too sometimes the obstacle is the way so if you don't like it be very clear about why with yourself yeah. get honest again the truth explore yeah. it go is the am i am i resisting this because it will work i found that yeah. to be the case in my That's life as point. well but I'm not saying force yourself into it either, because mm -hmm. you'll know you'll be able to, or, or, you know, articulate your body. You can articulate, you know, your body's going to articulate things. Well, it's like to me. You I and, hate moving my body. Like I, I am yeah. a couch potato. I love to be in a bath. Like I am like yeah. Mrs. Havisham. Baths I work just, for me. They, like, the baths work for me too. But got water man, being in water. Yeah. If, but if I go on me. a run, I hate doing it. But when I'm back, I feel so good. Exactly. You know what so, I mean? So that I hear what you say, you're saying there. So I think, you know, do it to a point where it's not, where I say this, like as a personal trainer, you're going to have a little discomfort, but if it, if it feels like strain, like if you move into that space of strain within your own practice, then that's something you want to look at. The yeah. discomfort's going to be there because our brain's going to be like, you're changing my brain wiring. And your body's going to be like, you're changing the wiring of my yeah. body and the nervous system. This is uncomfortable. Discomfort yeah. in the spiritual practice is is a part uh, and, and whatever you want to call it, it's consciousness practice. So do that. I take walks, I work out, I make art. I brought artwork in back in, I hadn't been in a place, I'd been a nomad for years, I was house um all we're doing this work everyone so it doesn't matter what your circumstances are yeah. you can still be a conscious kind compassionate loving very wise human 
in the midst of of certain circumstances in your life. States, yeah. Exactly. So, which is, you know, as in the Tibetan Book of the Dead with Chogam Trampa talks about the bardo, the in-between. Yeah. And I love Those it because... liminal spaces. Exactly. And he doesn't say this in the book verbatim but he he points to it if you're not dying you're not living so those in between spaces can be like those little deaths you talked about yeah. so and the edging of enlightenment um because initially because once we have those deaths we do have it, it requires something in our brain to shift into right. something to like move away although those patterns don't necessarily die they can always come back and feel like the snake eating its own tail but and isn't we're back that on the, the hamster magic wheel. though because for me I'm still triggered by the same stuff, but I'll realize that like something will pop yeah. up and I go, whoa, like even though I feel it inside, I went, yeah. oh, oh shit, I'm not losing my shit at that anymore. Yeah. That sometimes it will never fully go away. Some of these no. things are too hardwired in our yeah. brains to ever, like the groove has already been there, but exactly. like it's whether or not you choose to react react right? yeah the react and bring in the response and that's the yeah. mindfulness and buddhist practices and, mm -hmm. and and the psychology now bringing those things in being and aware I mean. if your goal is to literally never be triggered well good luck with that and also you're going to be disappointed yeah, that's 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 probably a trauma response. For sure. <laughs> Whatever you want to call it. There's probably probably a reaction to something For like sure. if I could just get rid of this, yeah. I'll feel safe. Right. And it's if like, I could no. Just, but yeah. I think that's why a lot of people shoot themselves in the foot, is they're just yeah. going like, Okay, I, I always talk about it in every introduction of the podcast. I'm like on this podcast, there's no finish line, right? There's no cured because no. it doesn't exist. It's just well, becoming or unbecoming. If you so coming back it. to your original question in the practice, it's the practice. Yeah. Enlightenment is the practice. The goal is in the practice. There is yeah. no, um, you know, we. I have experienced states. Uh, I don't know what you want to call it. Uh, you could call it enlightenment. I'm going to sound crazy, but where I did not have the conflict in me, I'll say it like mm -hmm. that. Where yeah. is that like and, the unitive consciousness kind of moment? Yes, and yeah. and it, it it was not with drugs, by the way. Yeah, it, no. it was. It was. Same. I wasn't even in, in a strong meditative practice at the me time. Neither. I don't yeah. know where where I feel very. Oh God, I remember the the strongest one. I was sitting in my friend's living room. And I don't know where it came from, but it was just like, there was this clarity, this, yeah. I wasn't Christian. I wasn't not Christian. I was, and I just sat in it for a while. And this is going back to, I've had numerous experiences like that. Uh, intense pain has brought that on when the pain has gone away. Um, I, I've had moments of that extreme unity, consciousness, clarity, whatever. And I've had a lot of clients that have talked about it too. And so mm -hmm. I think it's, it. I, I, again, going back to, I don't think enlightenment is out of reach. I don't think that it's necessarily a, a single state. I say the teachers that we're aware of can maintain their awareness yeah. a little better than than maybe a lot of us i have i still have a hard time maintaining awareness too, i still have subconscious too, motivators are very fleeting exactly and they they're gone and yeah. then i'm like fuck okay back to whatever i don't call it the real world because that is part of the real yeah, world as well it it's like but you it's said like, the magic and the mundane i really it, liked that that absolutely what you said. Yeah. well and so that goes back to me enlightenment is in purposeful awareness so bringing that in so that's part of my practice as well is going is to do everything on purpose Mm -hmm. um, my personal perspective is 
everyone is here on purpose. That is to say significant in some capacity. Um, No one lacks that significance. You can certainly feel like you lack that significance. The world, it can appear that the world has invalidated that significance. Um, And that's the the challenge potentially for many of us is to recognize that without it becoming an ego bound narcissistic state of I'm all important uh, because you are all important while simultaneously being remarkably insignificant. (laughs) That's, that's the, that's the being (laughs) feeling remarkably insignificant. Like you don't matter. That can be just as narcissistic as I'm the best thing in the world. That's what I think people forget when I was like my most victim mindset, Molly, I call her hot mess Molly. That's when I was the most, self-involved yeah. because it's just like I really thought that that just things were just so shitty there was no hope for me and it was just well that's the vulnerable I guess the psychological term is vulnerable narcissism right that's yeah. the other side of it that's yeah. what I guess most most empaths consider themselves versus the grandiose which yes. is their stories of being better which it's just as destructive <clears throat> and it's just as destructive yeah. to your relationships you know oh, people don't want to be around that energy no and so I think the practice bringing it back into you know the the larger part of my practice is recognizing these things within myself mm. like the vulnerable narcissist and the stories i tell myself and how they are obstructing purposeful action and how they're related to the conditioning and mm. um i'm someone who had to go through the deconstruction of understanding where all the threads lay, how everything came to be through my uh, historical references of my family, even taking care of my grandmother at the end of her life has been the, you know, um, contextualized the trauma and uh, the generational curses, so to speak, and things like yeah. that. So I've had, and as, I think as a writer and someone who has, um, who's still working on uh, memoirs, I've been thinking like, telling this story to that's the other thing in my practice is to make all of this very human yeah you know this process very human Uh, the christ the buddhas of the world all of those things one thing that people like circumnavigate or go around in in their um need to place uh people in positions of authority um is they forget these people were very human they started out very human Mm -hmm. um and and this journey and a part of my practice is to humanize being human (laughs) and to not separate being human from what is spiritual uh because i don't see uh, like for me the meditation now is in what i'm doing now not uh, yes i think sitting down and meditating is a value it doesn't work for everyone so i was going to say i didn't mention the tiknan han quote but he talked about the a walking meditation and i leapt up when i read it in one of his books um because when i first started instagram i talked about walking meditation and people were like meditation has to be done sitting with your legs crossed on a meditation <laughs> pillow and like come. <laughs> and was so like and i was like well take that han talks about walking meditation more and, than wa- sitting and meditating still. while you're doing the dishes or, well that's just right? it that's yeah. that's what i that's that's my big thing that i've always said is you know um so I did an artist residency at a place called Hambage in North Georgia years ago. And I, I love this. I was exposed to this. It was 2012. 
before enlightenment, the dishes, after enlightenment, yes, the, the dishes. dishes. Yeah, that quote. And for some, you know, it's chop wood, carry water, I think. And mm. for, for also me, it's the laundry or yeah. whatever you want to say. It's these, it's these things that... It brings it right back to the magic and the mundane, right? Absolutely. It's like you're never going to evolve into this like enlightened little blob floating in the, the abyss. You'll be dead. You will exactly. potentially, but you won't exactly. be in this body. I mean, people talk about the rainbow light body coming through when certain spiritual, um, you know, people have passed mm. and, and that's in the light shining through them. Um, their soul kind of coming through the skin, but that doesn't, we are bound. That's why, you know, we talk about the ego, mm. but as I call it. For now, it's about, the flesh prison. <laughs> It is. I mean, it is, it is, that's, that's kind of our tether. And yeah. for me, there are ego deaths. People are like, your ego is not going to die. Yes, it does. The word death translates, can be into, into transformation. That's right. It just yeah. stops working against you and yes. using. Well, you stop identifying solely with it, right? Yeah, I just did exactly. an interview with Lawrence Hillman and he was talking about, you know, it's the view of, it's the same way IFS, like in internal family systems, but really yeah, absolutely. arts work. It's just saying, all the pieces. Yeah. Yeah. I'm watching all of these different parts of myself on the stage of my life and I'm yeah. the director instead yeah. of I'm in caught up in the drama. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Not my circus, not my monkeys. Yeah. That's right. My grandma always um, used to say that. Yeah. yeah. It's an old Polish statement. Um, and oh, for I didn't those. Know that. It is. It's, it's yeah. Polish. And for those, my tarot people, if you get the seven of, uh, swords people often think of that as betrayal mm. but if you look at the card he's got his swords and he's leaving the circus with a smile on his face he is it's the leaving the That's circus right. card so that, when i yep. see that it's not necessarily about betrayal i look at yes. it going like you have to take care of your own and you can't let these monkeys you know trying to dictate your reality yep. and so that goes yeah, back take what to, you can carry and leave right exactly yeah you know what take, you can carry what's yours ex exactly and 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 move on yeah so uh, yeah i love I that mean, interpretation actually whenever yeah. swords are always a little bit like Ugh. It, it is. Well, I always think of swords <laughs> in the mind so it's always yeah. something in the mind it is. It, it, it and and then how the my and you know my ex interestingly enough that i mentioned earlier that was for five years asked me about the books um showed up as the king or the queen of swords all the time i mean he was remarkably in his head about things again lots of lots of trauma lots yeah. of trauma so it was you know that we had gone on process sadly but um which is why we're sadly no longer together but you know it was just very interesting you know to to again in one of those woo things you know, that would happen mm. going back to that with that. Yeah, swords are always about the air for our little tarot lovers out there. But and, and so the mind, it's always about what's going on in the mind and how your mind going back to those projections are influenced. And like the three of swords is always one I hate. But to me, it's always grief. And what story I always ask myself when I get that, what story of grief am I telling myself right now? Yes. You know, and, and it might be a very real grief, like the loss of, of a thing um, happening and me having to work through that. Um, but also how much of that grief is merging with the grief of the stories from the past and going, oh, we have something new to feed off of with the ego and whatever. So again, it goes back to that process of really observing like you had mentioned too, like what's going on inside of us and the internal phantom systems. I even touched on that earlier, which like engaging executive function of that director yeah. and going, yep. 
you know, and regaining creative autonomy, which it I think... It just goes to show that nothing's new under the sun. It's to no. your point again, right? It's just different ways of saying it and saying these things work yeah. for different the Vedas, people. The Vedas, yeah. three to 4,000 years ago, talked about these things. That's right. I mean, they talked about the way yeah. the human brain worked. Uh, Buddhism kind of went back to, from my perspective, went back to the Hinduism roots. Yeah. Because, of course, just like Christ, I think it's very interesting to look at Christ and Buddha. They parallel because Christ was born during a time when the priests were charging astronomical amounts of money and all the and taking money and becoming very rich. Well, the Brahmins, the Hindu priests, were doing the same in Buddha. And That's so right. Buddha, they wanted Buddha dead because Buddha was was taking the Brahmins away, as the same as yeah. like the Pharisees, right? Like yeah, um, it's the same. Yeah, same. Taking Never their mind how many money. of these different people were christ-like figures who resurrected yeah. you know like osiris jesus christ all, I, these all of those things too all the same there's so many different parallels exactly. and that's why like if you that's why because i i actually saw um hannah from organic abundance like say like she was so serious about saying stick with one thing right and i totally yes. get what she's saying and i also think that the my little cheshire cat is coming out too when i watch those stories of hers and i said but interestingly to each their own, because my thing that has actually helped me is yeah. bouncing around so much. It yeah. allowed me to see how there's all so many connecting threads. And I was just Insane. like, okay. Like, cause if I would have just stuck with, say for instance, I was like, oh, I love Druidry. I'm just gonna stay here. I think sometimes when we pigeonhole ourselves too much, we can even, this stuff happens in Buddhism. And I think sometimes people think, Dogmatic stuff doesn't happen in Buddhism, and my oh, God, yes, it does. It There's everywhere. so much abusive oh, yeah. guruification happening in Buddhist yeah. circles. It's, it's everywhere. So I think yeah. you have to. But she is she's so wildly intelligent and well read. So it's like she knows what she's doing. But well, I she's think, been in her practice for a while too. Exactly. She she walks the walk. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, just to your point, just so many of these threads connect, and once you start seeing it, it's impossible to be too dogmatic about anything. Well, my spirituality really came from its white boy spirituality, right? So <laughs> it, we'll call it that, even though I read everything Don Miguel Ruiz wrote in the beginning yeah. um, from his, you know, Nagyuo lineage and that he brought to the table. Um, uh, but I, I, I really stuck with Eckhart Tolle, which there is bypassy things in there, but he was, I think he was really spot on with the he emotional is. body, talking about the pain body, trauma yep. body. You know, you can translate into that. And he said, once you're aware of the pain body, you cannot let it impact you. And that's what we, you know, we've touched on that today as well with reaction. So there's, there's, there's a lot of good wisdom in a lot of places. You just have to know how to parse it out. So I really... Yeah. That's why I think Eckhart Tolle can be a little like, I have to admit, I read The Power of Now, like right when I first started. And I remember being so confused. Like, yeah. I think that he's a bit high level when you're first starting out. I think, yeah, I think Sometimes. that can be the case. I and think so The Four I, Agreements is a great book. It's a start. great start. It really is. And so I stuck with them for a while. I did Shakti Gaiwan, Gaiwan some. Um, there was another book. Oh yeah. I okay. I have, one of, I have one of her visualizations. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I looked at that. Um, so I did do a handful of things, but I really stuck with the principles of Don Miguel Ruiz and just mm -hmm. really, and then they do parallel with Eckhart Tolle. If you've really read them, they really do can. Definitely. They, they, because he talks about the parasite, the parasite can 
be the pain body, the judge and yes. the victim. You know, and do you ever get it? Did you ever get into Byron Katie too much? Because I love loving what is. I think she's also got a really I practical didn't. and a, she's like the whole, and again, this stuff has been I'm done. aware of her. Yeah, yeah. She, she had a moment of unity of consciousness, like again, just laying on her bedroom floor and she kind yeah. of like had a just awakening and she does the whole thing of the questions that's why i like the four agreements because yeah. it's like these are very simple and approachable but byron katie her first book loving what is it's kind of like it can get very gas self gaslighting but again only yeah. if you do it in the wrong way but it's exactly. basically saying a statement of in like christian hates me and she kind of tells you to flip it around and she's like i hate myself right so she's kind of yeah. asking you to just it's, what's it's the projection Exactly. Yeah, in that she case, yeah. To are you pick projecting? It up, pick it apart. So she's yeah. a good approachable person um, just for listeners who are, so maybe you listeners, if you're new and some of the stuff that Christian and I are talking about, you're like, what the fuck? What's the, the Tibetan right, book of the right. dead? Don't go there. <laughs> no, um, I, listen, I've been in this practice for tw tw almost 30 years. Um, it's a long road. And I'm just now reading these things because, yeah. and then, understanding what I would say, taking the white boy or my white spirituality of kind of reading some things that were appropriated by some people or things yeah. like that, or yeah. don't have a, a, a real lineage uh, potentially um, like, like um, Eckhart Tolle, um, at least not a lineage we can see in this lifetime. Um, but even Eckhart Tolle had to go, people don't realize he had to go back after he had his enlightening moment. Uh, you know, he sat on a park bench, he says for two years and he would like get a job for a little while, make some money and then go back to the park bench. <laughs> he, he realized when he felt kind of moved to start teaching things, he had to go, well, what the fuck happened to me? And he yeah. had to go back and look at religions and read things and start to really, I mean, I think it took him like a solid decade to really um, get to a point where he could write the power of now. So even him, yeah. it didn't just come, but he keeps it very generalized and puts it in his vocabulary, which I think is workable depending on who you are and where you're from. Mm. Um, I, of course, again, I'm still skeptical and I've gone back and re read uh, those books with a different eye over the last couple of years. And been like, okay, yeah, that's a little fluffy. It's not, you know, there's some things that I'm like, mm, I don't know. This little that was me. I, I guess I yeah. like, I was so drawn to some of the more like mystical, grittier exactly. things because I yeah. like, I like to be able to like grab onto something. Exactly. Some of the very flowery language, I'm like, okay, but well, what does that even mean? <laughs> and and wanting to feel like it's based in a tradition. So I think yes. for me recently, over I say recently, let's say the last decade, y'all, when I say recently, I'm a Capricorn, so I feel like I speak <laughs> in Saturnine language, like, because <laughs> time is infinite, right? Um, <laughs> um, so I'll say recently as the last decade, okay. Um, I have started to understand and i think this is probably to get woo past life thing um because i'm pretty sure i've been a buddhist in a handful of lives but um to go back to, to these buddhist teachers and to look at things through that lens and go oh well this is really because when i was very young as a kid another thing like just kind of innately having this present spirituality was I remember being a kid and saying something to some adult and then being like well that's very eastern um 
that's a very Eastern way to think of things. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? You know, like when you're a 10 year old and someone says that you've never been exposed to that uh, specifically, you're like, what does that mean? And then they're like Buddhist or Zen or, you know, which are essentially the same thing, but um, in their own way. But, um, you know, I, I was like, oh, and of course uh, we spoke in the beginning and, and for those that want to dive deeper into this, I believe Christ was a Buddhist, you know, in Zen, he would say the lilies of the field toil not. He would say these things. Uh, but of course, yeah, he's spoken like Zen parables. He did. You know? He totally yeah. did. And of course, when he says the lilies of the field toil not, I say, yeah, Jesus, fucking lilies didn't have to pay fucking bills. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, he's a pretty good to say. I know. But still, like to look at it to be like, okay, look at nature and then model off of nature and things like that. But, um, uh, and and you know he was you know around the same time the buddhist had their isa which was you know um the son of god and it was the same so buddhists like are aware that christ was you know paramahansa yogananda wrote a whole book about it for those that want to go in that direction um that's right like, like the many teachings people of jesus. from mystical traditions respect jesus respect you know all these people oh. because they believe that they're just take take another... the christianity out of it yes <laughs> take yeah. the christianity out of it and look at just the teachings the teachings the, the which is right? which is also which, which is, can be found much more i think approachably in like the gnostic gospels for example yes, right absolutely like, you'll actually see that like i did a whole episode on my other podcast of reading those gnostic gospels yeah. and like it, that's then the aramaic pure, yeah yes. and the aramaic words of christ not that's right not the 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 white version we'll mm -hmm. call it that translations mm -hmm. um it's more a you pure know. form of christianity without the dogma without the exactly you must experience divinity through the, yeah. the lens of the church which has come through paul you know yep. i mean really yep. most of the new testament was written through paul and then they threw in uh, you know just to confuse everyone I, I listened to a there's a recent book on revelation and revelation is like the dude come he was he was like a pastor he was really into he was a christian he did all the things and he like revelation unraveled that for him he had an awakening it was like this book is insane he was like this does not fit in the canon he was like i don't know and and his theory is is of course they they included it in an authoritative way because it was full of such insane things that they could say hey this is we need a live this way or revelation will happen or things like that so you know but but going back to what we we're talking about before i like to your point i feel like if people need to extrapolate from many traditions look at many things do that yes my other thing is is like but find as we've been saying the threads that's right that is gonna be what calls to you yeah, like, and and how do they weave together? Because that's gonna speak to a certain collective consciousness that was taking place in multiple places all over the world. That's right. Um, you know, shamanism is not something that is indigenous. It's indigenous. Let me say it that is. shamanism also, is indigenous. There are indigenous people from the Celtic. Well, that's my. That's what right? I was going to say. That's right. The, the wodes, you know, yes. as, as as they were called, um, who were naked, which makes me think all the time. It felt covered with tattoos, right? Yes. The Celtics, yes. the blue and so, tattoos all over. Exactly. Yeah. Um, which is part of my um lineage. Same. Um, so I think like. So, Boudica, badass bitch. Exactly. All of those things. So, you know, I think that 
what we're having an opportunity to do now with indigenous people being really hopefully moved to the forefront of things is to recognize yes. that our connection to the earth. So shamanism is indigenous, but it's not indigenous to one place yeah, is what I was yeah. going to say. That's and right. so I think returning to connection to the earth without watering it down, being respectful of the traditions and and grounding ourselves within, um, uh, I think, whatever becomes the tradition for you. But I really like, uh, you know, I, I say, I really like the quote, religion, my religion is kindness. Um mm. Mm -hmm. And I like to the religion of being conscious, compassion, like these are the common threads, like said, curious, right? exactly. Yeah. Being skeptical without being um, judgmental. Yeah. Without, without having to categorize it immediately into yep. this is comfortable, this is uncomfortable, this is good, this is bad, this is painful, this is pleasurable. Yeah. I think that's- Yeah. You kind of have to like let something, it's like tasting wine, right? Like when a yeah. sommelier tastes, like kind of like let it- sit for a while and then yeah. decide what you think about it, right? Exactly. So I, I think that these experiences are, um, and and I think there's this juxtaposition of it being very personal, very individualistic, mm -hmm. while also then being able to take whatever those experiences are in our spiritual path to the collective mm -hmm. and to our community. And... Um, but again, going back to the mystical tradition of what is the truth, I mean, that is our whole goal here. So we can even take the word spirituality out of all of these things and just be like, it's the path of consciousness. It's rewiring our brains and bodies to drop the projections and perceptions that prevent us from recognizing the totality. It's separating the woo-woo from the Delulu. That's just it. Or not even separating it, but being able to see it all for what it is. Yeah, you're right. Letting I don't even know if we need to separate of, it. I, yeah. I, yeah, just being able to like letting Delulu, it all happen. Woo -woo, and letting, it's all yeah. Part of it. Yeah, and, and edging your yeah. enlightenment. I mean, what better way to leave this conversation off, honestly? I, I think we did like the best possible closer that we could ever do. And I mean, honestly, I could also talk to you for another three hours. But Christian, this has been such, I feel like I just got to edge enlightenment for two yeah. hours with you. What a beautiful time. Thank you. Well, two things. I always let my guests leave off on these following two notes. Number one, do you have any final, like, message to leave my listeners with many of my listeners are um you know they're very new a lot of them on their spiritual yeah. journey yeah they and but they're so smart they know that they just kind of expose themselves to all the guests and then they pick they take what resonates they leave the rest yeah. i have the best listeners and so are there any final things you'd like to leave these listeners beautiful listeners with it's going to be frustrating just know when you look at the world when you start to become really aware and I still struggle with this after many years of being here I get really frustrated with the violence I see in the world yeah. um, with the lack of compassion with the oppressive and controlling systems which aren't even you know as a, as a queer person comes out and I look back through my history and I was like, God, I've had dealt with microaggressions for a long time and didn't even realize, again, having a vocabulary term for it, not realizing that was what was happening. Yeah. So 
It it will be frustrating and you will feel helpless at times in your own practice and wanting to be part of a community um, and working, uh, even feeling like a global scale, uh, feeling like you can't do anything in other countries or whatever. So I say, um, the author Ash quote, um, use what you have, uh, start where you are, use what you have and do what you can. And, and I bring it back to in those moments of frustration that what can I do in this moment? Where is my creative agency now? And I can't fix what's going on in Palestine. I can lend my voice to um, the consciousness and the ridiculousness of war and violence. And I can stand in a space of, of, kindness in my own life with the people that I engage with uh, throughout my day um, and 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 address those internal systems of oppression that I still carry and and the groove that's still there as you mentioned that still pops up yeah, that programming right exactly but... the conditioning call it what you will mm -hmm. so just know it'll be frustrating reach out to people, look for a community. I, I will tell you something that happened recently. I, I will leave with this is that, you know, I was dealing with some family stuff and in my creativity, in my art, I can get very messy and there are people in my life that don't like that. And I visited, I, I had like this soulmate December where I connected with all these people and these friends, some new people, whatever. And I visit a new friend's studio and I walk in and her house was so witchy. And I said, your house is so beautifully witchy. And she came up to me. We took open studio together at a place here and she's, she's older. She's in her seventies or eighties. She's, she's older than me. Yeah. And, um, and she said, that's funny. She said, I was in a coven until about 10 years ago and she had come to talk to me. So she, recognize something me and I was have a connection to fairies and that part of woo thing and 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 she had fairy ornaments and animal oh, things wow. and she had created yeah. these totems and she gave me this little crone because the crone has been with me over the last year for some reason and and she had a little the crone sculpture had a little acorn on her third eye and so when we start to connect with even in like these podcasts but we want to take it out of parasocial because you and I for people it can be parasocial so yeah. Because we we just don't have the bandwidth to be friends with and everyone. And for listeners, this is the paths. first time Christian and I have met, and this exactly. has been such a great conversation, right? Yeah. So so I would say, show up in spaces where your community will be. If you're led to join an art thing, go to the art thing. Seek out that community because it will be like your sangha. Right. Yeah. And we need the Sangha. We need the we need the community. And um in Buddhist Do terms it's the Sangha. But yeah, so you know, people that are on the path of truth in your own path, seek those people out, people. And so mocking into messy studios made me feel sane after after my f people trying to condition me to, well, you shouldn't be messy. You shouldn't be this way. And like that little kid in me wanting to please them showing up, but then reaching out to my community and being, and, and being able to visit friends and stuff over the holidays, I was like, Oh, I feel sane. Mm. So, so 
you know, you want to, it's going to be frustrating and you're going to be challenged. Uh, but don't take that as a be all end all because you're going to, uh, there's going to be so many gifts along the way and so many amazing humans to connect with. And, and you're going to have woo experiences and don't judge them, but definitely question whether you're disassociating from your reality through some mm-hmm. trauma response or some story in your brain or some projection, or was it a thing? And you might not get an answer. And sometimes yeah. that's okay too. I just accept what, what is and go, well, I don't know. Maybe that was a trauma response, but it's certain. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Certainly, but I, I, again, everything on purpose, I'm going to use it. You know, I'm gonna make art. I'm gonna, you know, talk about it to people and humanize this experience because that is a spiritual journey is becoming more human, not less human. Yeah, and it's and it's so easy to be less and less human right now because of how disconnected we all are. And I think that's such a beautiful message that you're leaving the listeners with of, you know, how can I use this? How can I use this? That's what I'm asking myself this year is like, how can I use this to be in service? How can I use this to like create something that can add a little bit more healing to the collective? Like, how can I start unpacking this stuff within myself? Like, how can I become a little less cruel, a little less violent in my day to day? Right? Always. God, yes. It's 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 pervasive. Yeah. It's pervasive. We don't realize how much we punish and hurt ourselves. Yeah. Like, and if we can't yeah. do that, I, you know, people have a lot of issue with the, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else kind of RuPaul statement. But I, and, but I think that there's truth in the fact is that we have to dismantle that the cruelty to ourselves. First. And you can love yourself and, and feel cruel to yourself at the you same absolutely time. absolutely can. It's you, like, we, yeah, we hold the dimensions. Yeah. You, and 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 the whole point is to pay is to make a conscious choice, right? Yeah. Is to the go tension of the opposites. Exactly. That might not be as opposite as they appear. That's right. I, I yeah, mean, the line is very thin. They're all, all of those things. And so I think, you know, 
yeah, we just want to be observational and bring in as much compassion as possible to this process and go, yeah, it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. And we might have to borrow compassion from people like you and me, you know, from our friends, from our community, from things like that, from our therapists and, and, uh, from the books we read. Um, and, and again, it's all a practice there it's it's the end goal is we can finish a book we can you can finish a podcast episode we can finish these small things but as far as our development what's finished that's what's successful what's all those things it's get curious get compassionate i really really love that so they go hand in hand they do yeah what if listeners want to you know, reach out to you, they want to work with sure. you, in what capacity can they do so? And how is it best to do that? Yeah, so Instagram, always pretty keep pretty up on messages through Instagram, email me the country clairvoyant at gmail.com. Um, you can find all of that on Instagram, um, Twitter. I'm not as active on Twitter, but I'm there. Um, you do some fucking Christian Bradley West. Tweets, though. I've got some for you. I've been collecting yeah. them. So yeah, I'm going to, again, I, I, I took a pause. I didn't call it a break. I don't like the break. I didn't really break away from social media, but I just, I took sometimes a creative to pause. I was going to say, sometimes you need to refresh the stores. Yeah. So I, I've been, I, for my numerologist out there, I moved into a one year, so new beginnings. So really really embracing what that is, um, what that means and orienting myself. Um, astrology, the country of everyone is just one dimension of my, of my experience, you know? So, so how can people work with you by the way? Like, yeah. So a website, you can schedule a session with me. Mm-hmm. Um, you can email schedule a session. I'm pretty flexible. Um, we can do astrology. We look at cards. My mm-hmm. focus is always about creative, um expansion so i definitely um call it trauma-informed trauma-aware whatever i've I've taken a lot of classes on being aware of how we can work with people and states of grief states of transition to which always seems to find be that quote-unquote block in our creative process of being potentially stuck in a pattern a loop or something so let's look at it from a different perspective that's really what i love to do you can find me on on the website it's christianbwest.com or the countryclairvoyant.com i both will take you there google me christian bradley west everything will show up google me baby yep it's the best way to do it yeah well christian thank you so much for being here it was such a pleasure what a fun chat i have no doubt i'd love to have you back again sometime if you'd be interested in returning yeah we can talk about uh there's more things to talk about we'll just see we riff today and we can absolutely god there's just so many things all right well thank thank you you for being here with me and listeners i hope you enjoy it all right my lovely listener Thank you for hanging out with Christian and I today. It was a blast. So many rabbit holes, so much Delulu, so much woo, so much spiritual wisdom. And going down these rabbit holes is what it's all about. Having these conversations that we so often can't have in normal life when we feel like everything is so on the surface is all about these discussions for me. It's part of the reason why this podcast is so deeply fulfilling from a personal perspective. And I hope that you can vicariously live through these conversations and feel validated in your own personal search. 
As always, I will link to where you can connect with and read more about Christian and his work, and as well, follow his meme page, The Country Clairvoyant, on Instagram. You certainly can't miss that. But that's it for another episode of Back from the Borderline. If you would prefer to have ad-free episodes as well as unlock access to hundreds of hours of bonus content, you can visit backfromtheborderline.com and become a premium submarine on Patreon today. Not only do they receive tons of additional premium content each month, but the support of my subscribers also allows me to focus on podcasting full-time and invest more in research and production quality. If you're not quite ready to become a premium submarine, that's okay too. You can support my work by rating the podcast, writing a review, or sharing an episode with someone you care about. That's my favorite way. So to make sure you're notified each time I drop a new episode, which is every Tuesday and Thursday, follow Back From The Borderline on your favorite podcast app. I also share daily photos, quotes, and additional reflections and resources with my community on Instagram at Back From The Borderline, as well as on my Substack, so you can subscribe to that for free and get my recovery musings directly to your inbox, all of which is available via backfromtheborderline.com. Never forget, you haven't met all of you yet. Within your weakness, your inner chaos and disorder lies your greatest strength. If only you would dare to shine a light on it and transmute it. We have to get to the point where we're willing to be the fool to begin our hero's journey. And remember, anyone, even you, can come back from the borderline. See you next time. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Back From The Borderline. If you'd like to receive my monthly written recovery musings via Substack directly to your inbox, send me a voicemail, join the Patreon community, or check out my Amazon book list recommendations, visit backfromtheborderline.com and click to access my link tree.